0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: because you've got powerful legs how'd you get the physique was it gym or how'd you get the physique um,
0: I've always been that she's actually not
1: go. got powerful legs do you shower in your dressing room do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not tell us about the tattoos shut the fuck up oh, you yeah. little
0: prick
2: But then I've got
0: the phoenix. Hey prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. i am sure this. no one will mind. Move him out of here then, Daryl.
2: Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never that.
0: <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm
1: not watching Frank googly only live on a Saturday <laughs> night. your <laughs> mind.
0: Jesus Christ, get yourself a life.
2: He's actually
0: I a priest.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury I gouged him.
3: What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout.
1: Boxing, um, Nutters, messenger group. Whoa, oh, they're going to. Oh, I'm going to be the king. Jade. arm. You know
2: what I'm saying? Welcome, everybody, to the 542nd edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse podcast. I'm your host, Matt D. With me today, Steve Wellings, Andy Patterson. Uh, We are found on, uh, you know, the iTunes and the the, the Spotify and the YouTubes. um, And we're uh, part of the Sports Social Network. Worst decision they ever made, but uh, we're just proud to be part of the team.
0: Can't get rid of us now.
2: (laughs) You're stuck. You're stuck uh, with us, Uh, much like uh, we're stuck defending the rest of the world, but that's another conversation for another day. Well, here we are. The day after a Canelo fight, we said the undercard was going to be fire. Well, don't be sad, because two out of three ain't bad. But let's get to the main event first. Going 12 rounds, disappointing me and many others. But Canelo Alvarez getting a wide decision victory over Jamel Charlo. In a fight when it was first announced, I thought this was stupid. Started warming up to it. Then I remembered I still thought it was stupid. But the undercard was very, very well matched. So went with it. Charlo getting dropped in the seventh round. Maybe picking up a couple of rounds here and there. Uh, Just uh, kept in place by uh, Canelo's power shots. Hands kept at home more often than not. Um, he didn't do much there. Um, and Steve, he, uh, he said, uh, after the fight that he dared to be great. And I, I would argue, no, you, you dared to sign a contract, uh, but you didn't dare to be great. Um, he, he looked a, a little flabby, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, I wasn't uh, impressed with, uh, Charlo m- much whatsoever last night. I thought Canelo looked good, probably the best he's looked in about a year.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, Matty, you actually pick up on something I had written on my, uh, little... Little pad of notes as well, there actually, about Charlo's post fight comments. He, he touched uh, some of the modern sound bites, as you mentioned there. I was daring to be great, he said. A friend of the pod, uh, Declan Graffin, picked up on that one as well. We now know that daring to be great means you accept the fight and that, that's enough. You don't actually have to win it or even be competitive. As long as you accept the fight, you are daring to be great. And also, this is yet another Derek James fighter who went on to say, in fact, I think this is the first thing he said when Jim Gray put the mic in his face. That wasn't me in there," he said. That straight after the bout, if you listen, Frank Martin also said that. Errol Spence, well, just uh, he was, he could hardly string a sentence together by the time he'd finished against Crawford. But he also said something as well, both after bad performances or defeats. So that must be the official party line from that gym at the at the moment. Or there's no urgency whatsoever. I'm not really sure what Derek James is doing in the dressing room before fights. They must be burning incense candles or something or or playing whale music because these fighters are coming out absolutely comatose and it's showing in the ring as well. It was the weakest display of charlo's career i don't think he carried the weight very well he looked slow and reluctant he said again afterwards in the post fight that he came in at 173 pounds
2: well if what the i when as soon as i saw him at the come in at uh, over 167 at the weigh-in steve mm. i'm like is this guy stupid the one thing that you definitely have in this fight is the speed advantage use it the most that you can and he's got those 154 pound belts down there still and you you want to bring yourself that far up I don't know. I would have rather seen him 162, 163, a little bit firmer in the stomach. That's just me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, there seemed to be some confliction over that from what I was reading beforehand. He wanted to come in heavier. Derek James' advice was to come in lighter, as you say, for speed, which I would have thought so as well. It reeked of a man showing up for a payday, knowing that he had nothing to lose and he could go back down again. If Charlo was going to have a chance, there were a number of things that he had to do or avoid doing in order to have success, I thought. So one of them was backing up onto the ropes. None of that, please. We saw against Castagno. what happened. The jab had to come out nice and strong and firm. He was neglecting the jab or only throwing one jab at a time. He was circling circling constantly, moving out of range. Every time Canelo threw a flurry of shots, Charlo's instincts were just to avoid them and leap in and grab hold of him. I don't know whether he had a plan or not. That said, Canelo played a big part in it as well. The body shots were thudding, especially the left hand. They were working for him. He was loading up at times. This is this new version of Canelo tends to do that. Hitting arms, gloves. Uh, pushing the glove in the face hitting the, the hips and the pelvis or whichever kind of region he's he a hit.
2: He, he's a low output hard pressure fighter he, mm-hmm. he, he his pressure isn't with his hands it's with his feet he is pretty damn good at cutting off the ring more often than not too i mean he, he might not always be throwing punches but he's usually in a place where he can if he wants to
0: yeah uh, well you would think then that case that Strategy; those tactics would lead him to gas later in fights. And that was when we thought, well, I thought that Charlo might come in, but there was nothing to deter Canelo from stepping inside. As I said, the jab, the power shots, the uppercut he tried the uppercut a couple of times. I thought it might be there for Charlo. He couldn't land it. He was afraid to throw it. And Canelo dictated the range. As you said, Matty, the terms, when and where they were going to fight. Unless you have the Floyd type of accuracy and precision against the green version of Canelo, you've got to outwork him. You've got to outbusy busy. And we saw Bivol do that. We've seen other fighters do that at times. Charlo was not active enough for, for that approach. And afterwards, he he was calling out Terence Crawford and all. It was the most animated I've seen him all night, calling out Crawford. He's setting himself up for another fall, trying to motivate the crowd and all. He'd get absolutely blasted. His power didn't carry at all. Nothing he landed all night bothered Canelo. He was never the biggest puncher, I don't think, at 154. If you remember at 154 against the likes of Harrison Castagno, most of Charlo's joy came from catching opponents with flush shots that they didn't see coming which is a skill in itself and down to good timing. But Canelo wasn't present for those kind of shots. He wasn't leaving himself open. So Charla was throwing these kind of keep me off, fly squatter shots. He didn't want to open up for that reason. He would have got um, countered and hurt. And also uh, for Canelo, just before I forget my train of thought, um, he's got two fights left now, as far as I'm aware, on the Showtime deal. This fight was a waste of time. We learned absolutely nothing at all. Hopefully he's going to fight Benavidez next because people are calling for that. And Canelo is the kind of guy, Matty, who reacts to fan pressure and the pressure's mounting on him now to fight Benavidez, I think. And once the Mexicans start saying, this is the fight we want to see, you'd think it would be in Canelo's interest to fight Benavidez sooner rather than later. Because the way he weighted out Golovkin, I was thinking about this earlier, he aged him off and then picked him off when Golovkin was near 40 years old. But Benavidez is only conceivably getting stronger, unless you factor in the struggles to make 168.
2: That's what I'm thinking. I I think it's beneficial for him to push that fight as long as he can. So if this is a three fight deal, I'd be looking at September next year if I was Canelo. I mean, that little extra bit of time. Mm -hmm. I think it matters in this case, maybe. Yeah.
0: Well, I I was wondering about that because I was thinking, well, Golovkin, it's the age. Benavidez is only going to get stronger unless the weight is cutting into him. So we're we're assuming now Andre is going to fight Benavidez, the winner of that. Hopefully we'll fight Canelo. If if Benavidez fought Canelo and Cinco de Mayo, that would be absolutely outstanding. But Jim Gray pretty much threw that out. Canelo agreed that it's going to be the 5th of May, next time he's going to fight, which is a bit depressing, really. We're going to have to wait another seven months to see him fight again. And then it's probably, it might be a dud opponent. You know, we just don't know. And I wonder, just finally, Matty, sorry before I let Andy in, if Jamel's pitiful display might have hopefully put the dampeners on a Jamal fight next from a selling perspective because I thought out the two, I was warming to the fact that Jamal probably had a better chance of springing the upset. If you're going to put Jamal in there now, I don't think he's got any chance. So it might be a bit of a hard sell that one.
2: No, I mean, it's, um, it's, it, it could very well be a hard sell. I, uh, it, I, I think what's kind of funny is, uh, Charlo thinking he's also just going to walk into a Crawford fight too. uh, Crawford kind of laughing at that prospect afterwards. He was looking at the winner of this fight. I don't know if he gets it or not, but, uh, I think Crawford would at least um, give a good showing. I'm not saying you know win, lose, or draw, whatever might happen on that one, but I actually think he would try. Uh, but Andy, not to skip too far down, but I know you're you're kind of getting a little bit uh, in yourself right now as you're watching uh, on the side here. I, you know, you got uh you know Charlo, uh, who who had a size and reach advantage over Canelo, and on the undercard you also had Mario Berrios. Had a size and reach advantage of an opponent. And I'll tell you what, man, the the way that Barrio used that stick, that's how you control distance as a taller fighter. You know where that threshold is, and when the opponent's head comes across it, you hit you snap that jab and you snap it hard. You don't do this pussy pawn shit with it because they're gonna walk right through you. And Canelo had nothing to worry about. There was no snap to anything. That Charlo was doing. Um, I, I think those two fights provided a good contrast on how you fight as a big man, uh, do's and don'ts.
3: Yeah, you're right there, mate. I mean, I've actually got the barrios Ugas fight on just now so I haven't been able to catch up with the entire card yet, but um, obviously dropping Ugas on, on a great job as well in the second round just, just goes to show that if, if Charlo had just basically committed to it a little bit, it might have been a wee bit different. But at the same time... Um, Firstly, I'll, I'll just mention the DAZN broadcast, which I watched on, actually. Yeah, I missed a, uh, the total of uh, the third round and half of the fourth because it cut out. Same happened in the guys fight here. I, I missed the third round in that as well. So I don't know... You know, you, you mentioned, it, for example, you gave Charlo maybe two rounds, so I don't know what rounds you gave him. I don't know if it was the third round because I've missed it. So absolute shitfest there. You had uh, Donald McRae on Twitter complaining about it as well. The fight itself was complete trash. Um, Charlo felt the power early doors, in my opinion. And uh, Charlo just went right into his shell. And Steve mentioned that he suckled that ring the best part of the entire night. He knew if he opened up, he was, getting, he was getting touched up and he was going to get stopped eventually. I mean, he was taking at least one or two heavy flush shots per round at one point. Now, you seen it on the kind of slow motion replays. Those, those were big shots, the uppercuts, the left hooks, the right hands. He had he had nothing. He'd, he'd done nothing. Um Okay, maybe he had a, a couple of digs here and there and that, but it was it was just nothing, mate. You know, first round is nothing as well. A lot of movement. There wasn't really a, you know, a lot of output. you probably give it to Canelo for maybe pushing it in the kind of latter half of the first round. Starts more aggressive around about the second. And, uh, Charlo's probably, I think he's around about the fifth round, possibly. I've maybe, maybe marked up here that he's probably landing something more meaningful for the first time. It was a kind of like a, a potential combo. He didn't do much. He was, he was, you know, Canelo was never worried. About, he was just not worried about what was coming back. And, he, and Charlo was completely shitting his pants. One hundred percent in my opinion, he was worried about the speed and the counter of Canelo, and plus the power uh, of, of those counter punches and that as well. Um, taking the knee, obviously, he, he got badly rattled there. I mean, that was that that was a great uh, two right hands. I think it was a right hand and a right uppercut that Canelo landed in the seventh round that forced him to take that knee. So. Again, as I say, I just think he's 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 tasted the power early doors. Then you've you got him getting dropped here in the seventh round, and he's just he's just decided that I'm going to have to try and survive here. Canelo, as I say, wasn't bothered, but Charlo threw at him. And uh, if if Charlo, as I say, if he attempted to win, Canelo would probably have, would have got him, stopped him pretty brutally. So in the end, as a spectacle, awful, didn't deliver, and. Charlo, okay, stepped up weight. Try, try. I suppose you know, but again, as I say, he's come up there too far. He knows himself, you know, landing those punches at 154 is completely different to landing on a guy who is like a legit middleweight, super middleweight at this point in his career. Um, as I say, you know, is a stocky guy, teeth tough, can take a shot. And again, it proved, as I say, it's he, he, nothing to worry about. Um, I, one thing I picked up the broadcast I, I forget who it was on the zone one saying that Charlo's sticking and moving As you mentioned there Charlo wasn't even sticking man he wasn't even putting that jab out there properly and that it was basically kind of trying to keep the distance trying to keep out of harm's way as, 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 as for as long as possible Then tie up when he had to he was uh, pawing and jogging yeah he, even when he had a chance to try and unload some shots and that, he wasn't really fully committal. and some of those shots maybe scuffing Canelo's guard or maybe the top of his head or whatever and that, nothing Absolute nothing did he kind of step into. Um, again, it's just, uh, I suppose the, the best thing to say here really is Canelo's turned the only line of the Charlos into, into Jermel, into a, basically a cub. You know, Jermel uh, is the non-line of the family, and that's what fucking Canelo did to Jermel there last night. Actually, turned him into his brother. Uh, turned him into, like, so he didn't want to fight. Didn't want to taste it anymore. Didn't want it. So, uh, I, I agree with uh, the situation with regards to Benavides. I entirely agree. Canelo's going to try and kick that can down the road, and I think it will be a third fight to deal with that as well. Probably uh, this time next year, he fights Benavides. Who he fights the interim period, in that, I do not know, but um, it's again, as I said last night, that
2: was just awful. Yeah, it uh is generally awful. I, I tell you, there's some um... Steve, I just uh man, there's something fucking wrong with the Charlo brothers. That's um, the basic of it. Like, they stay out of the ring for a long time. They're, they're always out screwing around. They've got problems with each other. I think everybody remembers that uh, video before the uh, uh, Spence Crawford fight between the two women, um, and they thought one was involved with Crawford. No, that was one of the Charlo's wives fighting the other Charlo's girlfriend um and so well, you look at it like in you know you're you're worried about um Canelo you know saying oh we're not going to see him until May of next year well we haven't seen Jermall Charlo in the ring since June of 2021
0: good I don't want to see them
2: in that time Canelo has fought plant Bevel. Golovkin, Ryder, and Charlo. So, had five fights in that time, and he fought, you know, a month before it. So, basically, in that same fight, in that same period, Maul has fought one fight, and uh, and Canelo has fought a half dozen. Um, the know? he had a hand problem, though, didn't he?
0: That was he's, Jamel. He's was got no. Sorry, yeah. he's, he's
2: yeah. got mental health problems, and the WBC is uh, siding with him in his fight. Against uh whatever mental he health. He's fighting with is. his
0: missus, isn't he? Isn't that the problem? Like, the so and custody of the children and all
2: that. Like- yeah, yeah,
0: basically, yeah.
2: Yeah. He, he, I, yeah, and, you know, he's chose a bad woman and um and it's it's a shame. So you got one holding the belt hostage there. You wonder how long it's gonna be until Mel goes back and fights at 154 again. I wouldn't doubt if we don't see him for another year probably. Oh he's um, and um and uh the WBO As now uh, said, that zoo is full champion. So that fight with Mendoza um, is going to be, you know, for an actual belt. Um, So I I guess, Steve, the question is, do you think uh, you think your going to go ahead and try to reunify the division down there? Do you think maybe they will be able to swing the uh, the the Crawford fight? Uh, What's next for this guy? I just I feel like he's going to be going off the edge of a cliff now. He kind of made that big money and I, I just don't see the desire in him or his brother.
0: Yeah. I don't see him, he he talked about 154, I'd say he'd probably be looking for a catchweight against Crawford or maybe going to middleweight or something like that. I don't think he'd be in his interests to go back down and try and defend the belts or win them back if they've been split by that point. As you said, with all the money and things he's achieved and whatever, I don't think he'd want to do that. He'd be looking for these kind of fights, the Canelo fight, which he's already had, obviously the Crawford fight, etc. And because of the inactivity which is rife within the PBC, as I've spoken about over recent years. They just don't fight often enough. So he could come back conceivably in 18 months' time and fight Crawford and then come back and drop the belts in the meantime as long as they drop the belts that's the main thing you mentioned about jamal if jamal was off doing whatever he's doing and his belt was back in circulation and people were able to fight for it then that'd be fine let him go off and do what he wants to do with the wife and sort all that out But the fact that they're holding the belt hostage in the meantime is the problem for me they can have the carnival fights they can fight whenever they want or not fight whenever they want but don't hold the rest of the division hostage and if uh, the wbc or any other sanctioning bodies are complicit in that that's when i have an issue just, I'm not going to this because I know it's a black hole, I'm just saying about Fury fighting Ngarnou, which obviously now turns out might not be an issue with the Usyk news. But if you want to go off and have carnival fights, that's fine. But let everybody else do the proper fighting while you're at it. And that's the same with the Charlo brothers. But just closing off your point, Matty, absolutely. Um, Jamel, I, I don't know. I just can't see him. Why would he fight the likes of Zou? Never, I never thought he fancied that fight. I'm not saying he would have lost to Zoo, but when he hit that cliff and hit that peak? And then you've got the, money, the Canelo money come in and the chance of fighting guys like Crawford, it's hard to get up for people like Sue who's hungry and young and where Charlo was maybe three or four years ago. It's hard to get up for those fights. So I think when beating Sue, people go, yeah, whatever you just beaten Tim's you. We didn't know who he was anyway. He's only an up and comer, but you might have to go life and death against, you know, a tough, hungry, young fighter. And, why would Charlo bother doing that from his perspective? So, yeah, long way about. I don't know what they'll do, but one thing you said is correct. We'll not see them again for a while because it looks like the PBC is on Skid Row, Showtime's closing up. Someone in the chat said about maybe they're selling out their stars. Looked like Charlo, as I said before, was in for the payday last night. Good luck to him, but they're pulling the wool over everybody else's eyes in the process.
3: I've just put an article in the chat there, actually. I've just seen something on the boxing scene. They're talking about Jermall Charlo fighting... Fucking Benavides in on, in November. Yeah, that's right.
0: On the Andre Ben or the Benavides. Uh, car, Benavides card, yeah. I How many weights is Jose Benavides Junior going to go up? What would that be at middleweight? Would it or something?
2: Ah, because he was a he was a welterweight, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, originally. Or, which, oh, Benavidez that car. I was like
2: I was like, which Benavides? No, Benavides is fighting. He's going to fight twice on his own card. Oh no, Jose. the other Benavides. So he fought, he started his career. He might have been one hundred and forty when he started, but he um set in at one forty seven lost to Crawford, disappeared for a while, and then he fought Danny Garcia at 154. Oh, he's up at middleweight now, then. You know, the problem with him is he just, and I think he got shot in his calf or something like that, so it didn't help, but he's just got, like, the slowest feet ever. It's just, uh, yeah. Not his brother, definitely. But anyways. Um, Remember, Crawford fucked him up. Well, yeah, took twelve rounds to do it, but he finally he finally stopped. I tortured him.
0: them though a yeah, oh,
3: little
2: bit. They
0: had the fight oh, at the weigh in, didn't
3: they? Jose was talking trash, man, before the fight, and before the weigh in, after the weigh in, Crawford's like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, he fucking Ali, eh, eh, Ali, any Terrell, by the way, that's what he done. Fucking carried him and beat the shit out of him.
2: He's lucky he didn't he didn't fucking Emil Griffith him. with <sighs> yeah, yeah, him. That true. You got to be careful about keeping guys on the hook. You know, the, the last time I really worried about a fighter being kept on the hook too long out of pure spite was Pascal against Kovalev. That was quality, man. See, see, what see, see, what, see when the camera actually panned. There's someone actually did,
3: did an edit. I don't know if it was Ryan Deal. Actually, to be fair, probably it was. There was someone that edited the clip. So see when like canel Kovalyev eh, Co- Co- actually ra- landed those punches, and you got Pascal like staggering all over the ring, like he's just came out of the pub. And then the camera then, then then edits or cuts right to the daughter crying, and it cuts back to eh, Sergey Kovalyev actually pointing to Pascal at the time laughing, like as if but he's actually pointing at the daughter, fighting, laughing. Oh man, (laughs) proper savage stuff man I think think it even had I think it even had like the Jaws music over the top of it that eh? oh
2: it was cool oh that's fucking cold man yeah that was just one of the meanest fucking fights I've ever seen in my life there's all these she's really fought him eh fought him twice yeah, yeah, well, there there were all these moments he had where he, like, could have taken him out, and then he just decided to step back, kind of let him get his bearings back, and then went back on the jab again. It was just the proper definition brutal. of Rocky Four when he says, I must break you. No,
3: <laughs> That's exactly what he done.
0: Here, uh, Matty, just a quick one. Johnny there, uh, just have to pick him up on this. Uh, he's questioning Vic Glazer's integrity. He says, nobody other than Vic Glazer and some other Twitter mark has reported about Showtime stopping, so I don't believe a word of it. Well, we are big Rick Glazer fans here for all the things he's done over the years in boxing. I think he deserves a bit more respect Uh, than that.
3: His job's integral to the sport, but...
0: Absolutely.
2: Don't know what he does, mind you. I I, I worry a lot about Showtime... I worry a lot about Showtime boxing collapsing, and um, I I think a lot of it falls onto the Al Heyman purses. I think, you know, even though the, the Showtime was able to get by for... You know, seven, eight, no, probably almost a decade after HBO Boxing closed. Um, but I, I think you almost needed one for the other. You you Spare need that competition. Um Spare a so. moment for Eddie though, Matt. I mean, Matty, Eddie
3: actually, give him credit. He actually predicted this would happen. It just took five years to get there, mind you, but it's still hummed.
2: Well, and it's great that he predicted they'll get there, but so you fucking you, you what you want to prove them right by paying Mikey Garcia seven million bucks to fight Sandor Martin? You know, this
3: is, this is also true, mate. This is also true. When you, <laughs> who else do you actually spunk money on? You know, Canelo to fight, like say, you know, dream for example. Don't know how many millions you got for that twenty odd million, possibly. Um, Callum Smith. Waste of time, fight Liam Smith. Well, that was under Frank Warren, actually, wasn't it? So, uh, um, who else? you
2: fought plant on there, on on the uh, zone. They got him away from uh, PBC for right. that fight, I think. But uh, yeah, it's all uh, potentially in shambles. But I don't know what's going on. I uh, every time they think boxing is going to uh, die, it keeps on persisting. You know, in its crooked little fucked up way. The it's way like I look like- it's always there. You we know, don't. Well the thing is is it's kinda of, boxing is kinda of like the illicit drug trade. as long as people are able to make money off of it, it's always going to exist. Yeah, and you get villains running in the background of that as well, you know. So Yep. And then you got poor people like us who just want to get fucking high on a Saturday night. Yep. That's it. And they got to fuck it up for us, sons of bitches. Speaking of fucking things up, although they didn't fuck up my parlay, I finally hit a 50 to one. Shame I didn't put more money on it, but fuck it. We're back in the game, baby. Um, The judges in uh, Ramos versus Lubin saw a totally different fight than uh, the one that I watched as I I basically had uh, kissed my money goodbye. Thank you, Steve. As I watched round by round go through, um, and then around the ninth, it, Ramos just kind of stopped. He, Ramos, he just Ramos. you just kind of stopped, like uh, kind of like De La Hoya Trinidaddy. Uh, not as much running, but uh, nonetheless. And um, scores get announced, and the last one is a 117-111. So I think, well, surely it's got to be for Ramos, because I, I thought it was 115-113. I thought Mets. that too, yep, yep. At best. And then lo and behold, they announced the winner as Erickson Lubin of just a fucking daylight robbery. Good God. Um, I, I think maybe based on his jab, if you're not a huge body punch score, which I, I was kind of thinking in my head, Oh, you never know. Um, Cause that was basically the difference in the punch stats. You know, uh, Lubin's jab was good. Um, and maybe they snuck a couple of those early rounds to him, but I thought maybe at a push, the draw might've came into play. But Steve, I never thought there was a way, any way in hell that uh Lubin uh got those scores, but um but lo and fucking behold, he did
0: yeah, well you were mentioning Delahoya there, I don't think um Ramos's movement was as egregious as Delahoya's against Trinidad, but that was the fight that came to my mind as well, funnily enough, just someone giving away those final rounds and making it close, or on some of the cards he didn't even have to make it close. It did occur to me before the tenth. 10th- Round whenever the Ramos call, man, it was so relaxed. I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah, they're having a lovely time there. They were telling their man, You know, you're boxing lovely, stay disciplined. And I thought to myself, Hmm, this is boxing, man. You know what? This might be a little bit closer than we think. You just never know. And the way I look at it is, I thought, I, I was thinking to myself after the scores, Is there something that I missed? Is there somebody out there who's thinking, course, Lubin won the fight? Is, is this my problem? Because we go by the commentary, don't we? The commentary team, they're a very useful barometer and there's three people all there. And maybe they're afraid to disagree with each other and Steve Farhood throwing in a scorecard, which was only 116-112 in the end. So it's only eight rounds to four. It's not completely out the realms of possibility that Lubin possibly could have got a draw or winning the fight. You go in the three round swing by that point. But I thought to myself, Kevin Cunningham's reactions was a thing for me. They were very telling in the Lubin corner. He was pissed off the whole fight. He was increasingly irate as it went on at Lubin's kind of laissez-faire approach and his attitude. He had his fighter way behind. What are you doing? You're not throwing this in shots. You're letting this fight slip away from you round after round after round. And obviously, he'll say afterwards, oh, I was only trying to pump him up, you know, keep him motivated and all that. I always thought he was ahead. He did. He knew his fighter was not winning that fight. You could tell by Cunningham. But the fact that Ramos stepped off and, and let him come into it, I don't know. Lubin did turn up the heat down the stretch from 9, 10, 11, 12. There's four rounds for you. You give him the first round, all of a sudden things start to tighten up a bit. Ramos afterwards, a bit like Charlo, took his, his defeat surprisingly well. Then whether he was smashing things up in the change rooms afterwards, but he was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to learn from this. I hope he does this could be the best thing that ever happens to Ramos because we've seen this in the past, using his size and his jab, stepping off against guys, letting people see the distance out who maybe shouldn't have done. So I hope this makes him into more of a killer in the future because he's definitely got a big future. He's a big unit. He puts his shots together nicely. I hope this puts the firework up his arse now to say, I cannot coast down the stretch and his corner team as well. I've got to come out and finish off this fight. But as I said before, Kevin Cunningham's reactions told you all you needed to know. He damn well knew that Lubin wasn't winning that fight. And you could say as well, Matty, just occurred to me, okay, Ramos took his foot off the gas, but what was Lubin really doing in return? His jab was working well. But see, from round two till about eight, he wasn't landing a damn thing. And Ramos, his body shots, as you said, backing him up, hitting him to the body. There was only one man forcing the fight. I don't know what the judges were seeing. You see it on the screen there, 117, 111. It's just, it's just bonkers. Get him in again. Lubin will probably say, I don't want the rematch. I want a, I want a shot. I'm a big player at 154. And fair play to Lubin. He's been a good fighter over the years, and he's always come and fought his heart out. So I don't really blame him for the judges' scorecards. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Ramos won the fight.
2: It was a little bit crazy just, you know, looking at these and, and you see that, um, in the last six rounds of the fight, uh, there were only four rounds given in total on, you know, what would be eight in a total of 18 scored rounds between three judges that that Ramos won on Mm. any of those cards. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Like, like I thought, I thought it was, you could argue that, that Lubin won nine through 12. But, like, you get into like saying that, you know, he definitely won seven and eight. I think that's a little bit crazy. I thought the first probably went, you, you probably could give that to Lubin. So, like I said, I thought, you know, like pretty clear rounds, you know, Ramos win about 115, 113 at, at the closest. But I don't know what the fuck these judges were watching. I mean, they must have really loved Lubin's jab. I mean, it was flashy, quick, sharp. But, I mean, that, that's a little bit of heavy scoring for that one weapon.
0: I thought, um, as they were reading out the scorecards a bit like yourself, I was kind of thinking about the scores in a, a Ramos context. It was like uh, Chris Migliori, 115-113. I thought, hmm, that's a bit, that's a bit tight. Um, yeah, okay. John McKay, 116-112. Yeah, okay, I could see that. 117-111. Yeah, pretty much nine rounds to three. Doesn't really give Lubin much credit, but that, that's more more like the fight. And then they all announced it in Lubin's favour. And I was like, okay then. And even Mauro Manalo, it shut him up for about five or six seconds. So that was a feat in itself.
2: I, I will tell you, Steve, if you're looking for anything, you know, like a little conspiracy theory on, on this one, I was watching, because, you know, I had, I had money on these fights. I was watching the odds kind of all week, seeing what the betting markets were doing and Lubin pretty much all week had stayed better than three to one. He was kind of got closer to about seven to two um, more so at times. And in about the span of an hour or a half an hour before that first bell, their fight, he went down all the way to, uh, to a five to two, just a little over five to two. All sorts of money went in on Lubin late. Very mm. interesting.
0: Interesting, yeah.
2: So, anyhow, um, you never know what's going on. It is boxing. Uh, but let's get uh, further down that undercard aforementioned uh, Barrios versus Ugas fight. Um, which uh, uh, Barrios coming into that one an underdog too and uh, slowly crept his way up to uh, a two-to-one underdog. And, uh, man, I had that feeling too, and we were right. There was something about Ugas with that inactivity coming uh, off the Spence fight, the injury coming off the Spence fight. And the idea of Berrios finally filling into that weight. Um, Andy, I know you're sneaking your way through that fight. Yeah. Um, Berrios basically took it over about the sixth or seventh round, give or take. And, uh, you know, dropped, uh, don't want to spoil it for you where you're at, but he uh, dropped Ugas in the 12th round. Uh, yeah, I'm in the I. yeah, the eye could have stopped that fight at any point too. I think they didn't do him a service, but um, I thought Berrios looked uh, he looked as good as he'd looked probably since the first six rounds of the uh tank davis fight. Uh I a good showing.
3: Yeah, I mean he looked awful uh, remember at the way in for the tank fight. Remember we were kinda of laughing They both looked like they've been on the meth for like the last three or four months The way they were looking um, but yeah, I agree. But he's, he's really filled in this way. Actually, and he's he's looking very solid about it. You, know, you mentioned the jab there. I mean, he's, I'm in the 11th round, halfway through 11th round here. I knew I knew about the 12th round knockdown. I know he got a point deducted as well for spitting at the mouthpiece. So I, I, you know, he's obviously done himself badly on the cars now But he's got a face like a bag of spanners here. He's got badly marked up. He's got the nose nose bleeding. He's got the right eye again it badly swells up. You've got stitched Duran using a bag of ice trying to get it to kind of go down. Um, to me, he just he just looks like he's a over the hill fighter now. He's washed, I mean he's mid thirties, long, long-ish career, and that but you you gotta give it to Barrios. I mean he's he's his plan here has been absolutely spot on. Jab, right hand, he's picking his moments, he's he's no overcommitting, he's stepping back, he's gonna be himself a bit more punching room, and he's he's basically making you guys bite on every punch as, as this fight's gonna kind of like wore on here. You're right after like the midway part of the fight, it's been it's been it's been nothing but Barrios. Uh, we mentioned the, um, you know, the, the second round knockdown with the jab and that you know, it was a, like a shotgun going off but it was a great shot the way you guys go down like the punch resistance isn't the same as, as I mentioned here, this is another beatdown he's been given here actually, 12 round beating faces I mentioned there, badly swollen, blood everywhere Even the doctors in there before frown, having a look at him, I really thought they were going to stop it there actually considering the state of the eye clearly fighting blind there in one eye so um, yeah so fair play to Barrios, a bit underdog in that but he's, he's come out there on top um, don't know if it's going to be enough to get my world title fight anytime soon. Or now, but he's uh, he's got. It's for the interim
2: WBC title, Andy. He uh, so he kind so of he won a title Crawford, in this possibly. Fight. Crawford's, possibly. Done, he's, Crawford's done at One forty-seven. He's he's all about legacy and big fish. Well, so there you go. Now. Then
3: his his chances he's going to get his, his his full title at some point. But yeah, well he's he's done well actually because that, that kind of like you know wrote him off after the tank fight. But and then obviously he's going up and wait. You're thinking to yourself
2: what like, he's. Once a fight does, does well, that, Berman like, did him pretty well too. I mean, he won
3: that, you know. third ah, yeah, the thing is, rounds. when you've got a fighter going up in weight, though, you sometimes think, oh, well, he's oh, he's blamed that loss on the weight. I'll just go up in weight, you know. I kind of bored trying to kind of like kill myself, trying, you know, get a wee bit of advantage. And that I'll just go up in weight; it's easier for me. But he's done well there actually. As I say, he's 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 boxed he's boxed a plan, and you know he's come through in the end. And as I say, look, you've got at the end of the eleventh year, actually. You've got you guys sitting in the corner, face. Bright red, you know, the lips not that bright red, he's got blood everywhere, man. What a state he's in. You know, this right eye and that as well, just kind of see you to it. Um, so, I Obviously, he could easily have been, been stopped. He had no chance of really winning the fight outside of a knockout and that. So, what was the point of him kind of, like, pushing on there for the last couple of rounds there? But, you know.
2: Yeah. No, it was pretty pointless, I thought. Uh, so, in, not good for a guy who's almost 40. He's going to be 39 here in a month or two, I think they said. So, yeah. Uh, Probably the last we see of Jordanus Ugas, but he's got a win over Manny Pacquiao. He can always hang his his hat on that one. Nothing to scoff at, as diminished as Pacquiao was. Now, Steve, as far as Berrios goes, um, the wise council of nutters put forth a few names that I thought uh, would be uh, interesting fights for him. I don't know that he wins any or all of them, but they're interesting. Um, those being Boots, Stan Jonas, and Jamal James, um, and all those possible under the PBC banner. Um, I, I, I think that those are good fights from going forward. Like I said, I don't know if he wins them, but I, I think he competes, and I'll be interested to see uh, how that uh, ends turns out for him.
0: Mm, it's hard to know what they're going to do with him now. I know he won, a, as you said, an interim version of the title or something. You'd have to think Boots and Stan Jonas would be too much for him. Jamal James has operated at a certain level. That would be a excuse me, a kind of 50-50 affair, I'd say, if they put them two together. But I don't know what James is at at the moment, whether he's going to come back or not. Barrios started at one twenty-two. they were saying on the telecast last night. I don't know how on earth he ever made that that kind of weight. But he definitely looks more comfortable uh, carrying a bit. He's back with Bob Santos now. He left him after his 16th fight and linked up with Virgil Hunter. It was a bit of a strange move at the time. It never, ever worked out, to be honest. Hunter's just on a string of Ls at the moment, only since Andre Ward it just, I don't know, he had Barrios a bit more face forward, whereas he's boxing off the jab now using his his skills and his fundamentals. But it's hard to know going forward how he's going to look against the better fighters because, unfortunately, poor old Ugas isn't one of those guys anymore. He's been a really good servant to the sport, but Ugas just needs to retire for me now. That's the second fight he fought Spence about 15, 16 months ago. Got his eye absolutely busted up, said he couldn't see out of it for 40 hours or something afterwards, absolutely destroyed, swelled up. Again, I busted up last night. He's going to end up with eye trouble in the future if he's not careful, detached retinas and stuff like that. And for what? He's finished yeah. at the highest level. He's, you know, you said he's nearly 39. He's made good money. He's left Cuba. He's in Las Vegas. He's got a wife and kids. He's, he's absolutely finished at the highest level. Why campaign any lower than that? When you've beaten Pacquiao, you fought Spence. At one point in his career, he had four—was it three losses, four losses, and he looked like he was on the way out. And the PBC, fair play, they stuck with him, came back, Had that unfortunate fight report. Sean Porter, where we thought he won, ended up causing the upset over Pacquiao. Looked really good that night. Got his big money fight against um, Spence and then got another payday last night. He doesn't need to keep fighting anymore. There's nothing more they can do with him. He's made good money now. He needs to just hang up the gloves, I think, because he's got nothing left to offer at the top level other than getting battered by people and having his eyesight destroyed or not being able to see for his future. So I'll give a shout out to guys to retire. And as for Barrios, I think there was a right fight at him. For him, the right style at the right time last night. Whether he'll do anything else against the better guys, I'm not sure, especially the three guys you mentioned. I think he'd struggle against at least two of them.
3: Can I just briefly say, Matty, I've just kind of caught up there with the 12th round knockdown. Just kind of like maybe emphasizes my point about him uh, being blind in that eye because he's walked right on to a left hook. You've never seen it coming. Walked right on it. Drop there like a bag of shit. Um, and Steve says, obviously, I think it's the same eye he got done in against Spence. If, it's, if he's having problems trying to look at it for like, Two days, Fuck, he's, 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 as Steve mentioned, he's running a real risk of potentially like you know going blind in the future. Not is this a, again? This isn't pretty to look at.
2: Nah, that I think that fight could have easily had the the plug pulled in the 10th or 11th round.
0: Yeah, Matty, what about that comment on the screen from Wallaby King?
2: Got good word, Baros was on some good shit last night, as in. Well, uh, Col- yeah. Colombi- Colombian marching powder?
0: <laughs> not sure. The
2: Peruvian pure.
0: I don't know. Well, all these faceless boxing channels, get on the call, show us who you are.
2: I I would uh I wouldn't be that bothered by like seeing a bunch of people uh you know fighting well on cocaine. You know, we we saw like the weed boxing. Why not have cocaine boxing where you got to do a line between rounds? That would be the kind of event. That I think could bring in the viewers. Would you watch cocaine boxing, Steve? To uh, see you uh, on no. the first
0: <laughs> <heart> attack. <laughs> i barely got enough time to watch real boxing. <laughs> that's
3: for misfits, though. That's, that's what the misfits boxing should be. Eh? You should get, get Cali Southern as a fucking local dealer walking in a big, ma- big, big, massive, big a ching, in there, like In between rounds, as you say, mighty right, boys. Have a sniff before each round, and the
2: he's go.
0: Uh? They could do it in tight. Was it Thailand that's doing weed boxing, Matty? We were talking about the other day. Yeah,
2: I... And, you know, I think maybe extend it to five-minute rounds since, you know, stamina might not be as much of an issue.
0: Yeah, and then you have a, a drugs test at the end, and if you test negative, then you get banned. From the
2: yeah, no, we, we all have to be on the same playing field, Steve. We're not cheats in the cocaine <laughs> boxing league. So, um, yeah, anyhow... Back, uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, Wallaby King says, uh, no, PEDs, not cocaine. Well, that's not as interesting. We'll find out. Yeah, if you tested positive for the fight, uh, we'll probably know by Christmas, right, Steve?
0: Yeah, well, he wasn't on a matchroom show, so um the testing probably won't catch him. But yeah, we'll find out in three years' time once he's had a retrospective ban. Although, you wouldn't know these days because being out of the ring for three years is pretty much par for the cause.
2: Yeah, maybe that's what happened to uh, Charlo. Maybe they just—he's uh, on a drugs ban. But they—they uh, they thought like you, like <laughs> Michael Jordan, you can't admit he was gambling or anything. So just in all seriousness, retired.
0: in all seriousness, I'd say there's more than there's probably many cases going on in the sport at the moment where people have been out, and it's because they've been inactive. That we think they've been inactive or can't get a fight, or they're injured or whatever, and they've been serving a ban or, or something like that.
2: I wouldn't doubt that entirely. Such an interesting sport. If it's, I you, you gotta wonder what would, would boxing quietly self police it, police itself. What well, I I just don't know if. if no, we we've, got, we've got match the in house drug testing. How could that go wrong? There oh, could never exactly. be any bias. So they're, yeah. they're there also. to protect the fighters, and that is Everybody's
0: all. against drugs in, in boxing. Everybody is. Nobody wants to see drugs in boxing until somebody gets popped, and then the first reaction is to rally around them, threaten everybody with lawsuits, try and get them off by the last minutia that you can, and then back right. to the next thing. We're all just, against drugs again. We're all, no, we're against this. This is bad for the just, sport.
3: And try and destroy organizations while you're at it and that as well. Eh? Try to kind of like flex
2: the ego. Fuck up the entire sport. Well, that's why if you just accept the idea that they're all on drugs, you're never disappointed. If they pop, it happens. If they don't pop, of uh, onwards we go. Uh, sun, sunrise, sunset.
3: As as Frank as Frank Smith says, by the, way, about the story about PDS, it's none of our business, right? Mm-hmm. Don't need to explain it to us plebs. You know, you get back in your box. You you box nutters. You know. We, have, we are we're nothing. Just you sit down, shut up, and pay your money. I don't
2: need to do. explain myself.
0: <laughs> Jokes on them. We ain't paying no money. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Speak for yourselves, you lucky bastards.
0: <laughs> hey, you want a winner this week, Martino? Bitterness? on us. Hey. hey. To all right. One. So, but anyway. 50 <laughs> to 1, undefeated.
2: Oh, oh, the place, yeah, me, uh, the place where we really won, though, gentlemen was for those of us that got to watch the Elijah uh, Garcia-Armando Resendez fight, which was an absolutely brutal war until the eighth round uh, when when, uh, Resendez went down after Garcia landed a great left-right to the body, then a uh, right-hook-upstairs combination flooring him, And then uh, Tony Weeks stepping in when I I think Resendez was shockingly uh, able to continue as much as, as many shots as he uh, had taken. But uh, hot damn, this is a great war through uh, eight rounds. I don't know what the young Elijah Garcia's ceiling is, but God damn it, Andy, this guy's going to be fun to watch while it happens.
3: Yeah. I mean, he was, it was 19 at the time when he beat a Milker Vidal and, you know, a a really, a really impressive performance for a 19 year old kid at the time was really impressed by him because you know, Vidal was getting a wee bit, wee bit of a push, and that he had been getting prominent roles short Showtime, and he just got like taken apart. Uh, really enjoyed the fight, I must admit. Um, I know he's only 20 years old, and obviously, a wee bit of youthful exuberance. And that. I like to see him maybe just kind of like stop kind of holding his feet too often, and maybe just take a wee step back and look at what he's doing in that because I just, I just thought he just took punches there or took some punches there last night. He just didn't need
2: to take. What, well, what I kind of saw, Andy, on that is it kind of seemed like what Resendez was able to do was was get inside and then kind of work him around yeah. until, until he had Garcia squared up. And Garcia didn't even know how he got that way.
3: Yeah, but then he obviously he's, he's staying in the pocket. But then he's, he's getting his own shots off at the same time in that as well or, or by way of response. And you could tell he was having the finish word, especially in the kind of latter half of that fight. The, the right hook for I think it was the first knockdown. I think it was 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 brutal, and that that was that was the end of it. A lot to like about the kid, and as I say, twenty year old. What weight was that again? Because obviously twenty year old, he's still 160. growing. One One sixty. They're shooting to try to get him in a one sixty belt. Yeah, yeah. 68 It'll be will be his, his calling point in the next couple of years. I'd imagine once he completely fills out. But uh, there a lot to like, and plus with him being being you know, a southpaw and he, he can dig, it's going to be problematic. A wee bit like Opataya Taya in that as well. Who who will get to? But. Uh, what to like about the guy. They, as far as for his ceiling, we don't know at this point, obviously. And I, and I didn't want to predict it just now, but he's certainly going to be in hell of a fun fights. And if it comes down to it, um, I think he'll be one of those kids in that as well. If he's in a war, he's going to go out in the shield and that as well. So it's uh, interesting times. And I think it should be quite fun times watching this kid as well. So definitely well, keep an eye on him
2: i tell you what, Jose is moving up. I, I kind of think that fight's interesting at 160 pounds. I think that has fucking bloodbath written all over it. Um, so yeah, um, but uh, you know, this uh, you got to be careful, Steve, about taking so many shots to the head and and uh, and the like. You might have a, a short shelf life, um, but there's plenty of time to improve for this kid. He, he can obviously bang a bit, um, but uh, but fights like this to open up a telecast. And th- this was a good, good one by Heyman. Uh, great, great matchup here. Um, just total fireworks to kick it off. It, it kind of died out, obviously, with the uh, the uh, Ramos-Lubin uh, fight. But th- this was a good, uh, good affair.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get much right these days. But I was saying, to be fair, the last few weeks in the lead-up that this was going to be a great fight. I couldn't see anything else because both guys, very leaky defense. As Andy was saying, Elijah Garcia seems to enjoy taking shots and against the best guys who can punch, that will come a cropper. He had a bit of struggle with Kevin Salgado, who stood off and used the jab and was a bit more negative. He couldn't break him down, but it's hard to look for faults now because this kid's done things the right way. As Andy mentioned, he stepped in to the Showtime to fight Vidal when it was a big puncher, very raw, but Elijah Garcia came from nowhere really and said, yeah, I'll take that. He was, he was a father at 16 years of age. He's married the woman as well, and so he's, so, he's done his responsibilities there. And just seems very mature. He speaks very well for 19, 20 years of age. And in the ring, he's ex- excitement personified. And it was never going to not be a firework fight between these two guys. Racindes has really improved since he lost to Marcus Hernandez. Uh, he hooked up with Manny Robles, who's taught, well, he taught him a little bit of defence, I suppose, how to use his offence better against Jared Hurd, who's washed up really at this weight. Uh Racinders looked good. he's he slimmed down. He was a bit pudgy in the past. He's definitely taking things seriously. And they just went at it, the two of them. It was a fantastic uh, war for as long as it lasted. And a really nice finish. The sort of right hook to the body, left hand, and then the right hook upstairs as well hurt him. And I will slightly take issue with the stoppage. I was the same as you at first. I'm not a Tony Weeks fan at all. I can't stand him. He does my head in. And, and I was ready to write it down. Trigger happy Weeks jumps in again. But I just watched the replay and whenever he got up Racinders, he sort of wobbled back into the ropes a bit and they went back at it, caught a couple more shots. And his, the way his hips were sort of swaying and his head, he did look like he was hurt. I could see, I could actually, to be fair to Weeks, I'll give him his due this time, I could see why he jumped in. And I know it's no measure of, of a stoppage, but Racinders wasn't really complaining that much. And I think on the balance of things, Weeks probably got this one right because... Was going to get his head knocked off, and you know, I love to see a, a good proper stoppage. So, um, yeah, Garcia, for as long as this ride lasts, it's going to be exciting.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that uh anybody's going to be complaining about weeks like they were in the Raleigh Barroso fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing yeah. you know, like th- this is like kind of like eh, maybe you could have let it go on a little bit. Yeah, longer. I
0: thought that at first, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure. But either way, yeah.
2: so. Uh, Yeah, that was a pretty darn good uh, card there. I was unable to catch the YouTube stuff uh, in between, uh, but uh, Vostick was able to get another victory on there. Uh, Frank Sanchez able to pick up a W as well. Um, Be interesting to see what they might do with Vostick, actually. I think he's still around 175 pounds. Um, Unfortunately, I I was trying to watch uh, two things at once, and uh, my brain couldn't handle it, and I just kind of dozed off before the opatia fight started but andy i knew going into that fight and people were kind of like oh i don't know you know maybe that braid is supposed to fluke guy he was a young olympian he's got a really good uh different uh you know set of punches he's got good variety to do his shots tough son of a bitch fought through uh, a, a broken jaw um andy i knew that he wasn't going to lose to jordan thompson uh so this fourth round stoppage not a surprise to me whatsoever
3: no surprise to me either, mate. I, I picked also I wasn't on last week, but I had uh, picked pick to Upper went by stoppage. Uh looked phenomenal, but at the same time we've got to be real that Jordan Thompson isn't even I wouldn't even say he's European level at this point, to be fair, you know, and Appetite just done what he's done, mate. He's an absolute beast. You know, good to see him back. Obviously he's been out there for over a year. I think he got his jaws broken two places uh against Breaders. You say battle through it. And he's he, another one. He's going to be a problem. All action, um, massive, massive puncher. I mean, that I forget what shot it was. or What round? I think it might have been in the third. He, he hit Thompson kind of near half of the third round, kind of like you know toward the back end. And it fucking lit him up, big style. Really fucking shook him up. And obviously the the ending was was pretty brutal in that as well. L- lot to like about him. I think um, again depends. On, it really depends on Eddie. At the end of the day, he's his promoter, but. If Eddie's able to promote him properly, um this 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 kid could this guy could be the dominant force at Cruiserweight for the next how many years until he decides to move up and wait, possibly. Um I'd, I'd have him definitely favorite to beat Billam Smith, uh Gula Marin, who holds the BA title, and I would probably say he beats Badu Jack in that as well. Um whether he can get the fights made, I don't know. But it's I it say uh, a lot to like about him. But I'm going to pump the brakes because it is Jordan Thompson. But at the same time, the managed brothers fight is it holds a lot of credit for me because, as I say, his was a top five cruiserweight at the time. Okay, he might have seen better days, but at the same time, he was still a top fighter. And Opataya was, I thought, he was tremendous in that fight, considering everything he had to, he had to battle through and that as well. He's a fucking hard guy, southpaw, big puncher, and you remember as well as compared to, you know, I think he's like listed as six two possibly, which is tiny, I think, for a cruiserweight. Thompson was, was dwarfing him in terms of height, reach, and he just, he, just, he just walked through him, absolutely walked through him. We had nothing for him, Jordan Thompson. So uh, another one who's really been a victim of kind of like ranking and success with these shitty bubbles that we can get these days and that, but um, job done, trash taken out, and Opataya moves on. As I say, as, uh, in my opinion, I think if, uh, if he keeps going how he's going and stays injury-free,
2: that guy's going to rule the cruiserweight division. He is a bad dude. He, he he's about six three. I don't think he's six two. He's about six three. I'd say he's he's just a little bit smaller than Usyk, maybe. Maybe. Um just but- on that Matt Butters comment. By the way, I think uh, Matt, if you ask Opatia for uh, an opinion on certain people running about those uh, running about that company, mate.
3: Uh-huh you wouldn't be surprised
2: yeah mr Butters saying can you lads talk about how Opataia was not taking any of his own shit and called out matchroom bob boxing treating thompson as the a-side well steve can you please talk about that
0: no i'm not going to talk about that to be honest <laughs> well uh, i mean matt, well matt butters has, has said it all really i mean he's he is a sort of sulking, intense character, and Matt Butters and Jay Opertoya—they're both intense characters. But if he wasn't. There was no love loss, was there, between him and Eddie? He was complaining about the smaller ring as well. Seems like a marriage of convenience. Eddie's talking him up, but Opertoya is there for the money and and for the big fights. And yeah, he, he absolutely—he called them out. He wasn't afraid to to speak his mind, as Matt Butters says. So. Um, as for Thompson, I mean, just couldn't get out the way of the left hand, really. Every time Oppatoya was thrown it over, his head was right there to take it. His nose was getting bloody. Thompson was very, very brave. His corner were even braver. Kept on sending him out when it appeared to me from about the third round the fight. Uh, should have been stopped. Oppatoya he switches stances really well, sometimes in mid-throw. And again, as Andy said, the belts are there to be won. If they can just make the matches, there's no reason why he can't sweep up. I'd make him a favourite over Badu Jack at the moment. And he's the most vi- uh, viable threat. Uh, same against the other fighters. Billum Smith should be easy enough to make. I know that. I don't think Billum Smith signed to Eddie, is he? Because he was something to, to do with boxing. Well, I think he's like a free agent because Eddie was going. You know, Oppertire the best in the weight tier, hands down. And I thought, what about Billum Smith sitting on ringside? But I don't think he's. He's signed to Eddie and then Gullamarian is the WBA champion as well. I mean, I can't even remember if I've even seen him fight, to be honest, but you'd fancy Opataya. Funnily enough, a rematch with Brady's might be more difficult than all three of them if they were to make that fight. Brady's was at ringside as well, talking up his chances, but he's near 40 now. I'd say the rematch would probably be Opataya even more conclusively. Um, Yeah, he fights with an intensity and anger. He just wants to hurt people. We love a bit of that too. You could almost see what Jordan Thompson had to do in the ring. It was quite frustrating at times. If he could just stand up, get the jab going, get the right hand going, sort of maintain that range, all easier said than done. If he could just execute and implement those strategies, he could have had a bit of success, but he was thrown in way above his head. Don't blame him for taking it, but it was just a complete and utter mismatch. But yeah, love love Opataya's intensity. Let's get him out again. This was a four-round beatdown of the highest order, so after that business with the Bradys incident, and it, Hopefully, his jaw is going to hold up over the coming fights. Just want to see him in against the champions now. Willem Smith, gulamari and then on to Badu Jack. He can absolutely wipe out that division in the next three fights, really. I think he's he does look like he's that good.
2: It's fantastic. And it's just a shame he was on the shelf for uh, such a long time after that uh, victory over Bredis. Uh, You know, part of it because of the uh, the jaw, and then you know, part because he just couldn't find a dance partner. Uh, they almost worked out the fight with Reactor, which I think would be a, a hellacious fight. Uh, that didn't happen, and uh, lo and behold, this is where we end up. Uh, so uh, yeah, look look at. I'll have to go and check that out. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he might do because. That dude is, is pretty big, he's pretty bad, and uh, he is pretty skilled as well. Um, now, uh, Andy, I don't know how much of the rest of the undercard you caught on that one, but I kind of fell asleep during Clark and Dusar, um, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't catch any of the Sky card.
3: I mean, that was just complete trash, sure so I'll just say that right now. I don't know if Steve maybe seen it and maybe fill us in, but again, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to waste my time with that. I think it was still, it was still going on, I think, even at 11pm, actually, for what I, I can remember. But I did catch bits of Clark and uh, Dukar. Clark was just a, just, a, just a different level, to be fair. Uh, Dukar, you know, tough, all that type of stuff, you want to call it. But um, after that performance, or after that result, should we say, he's, uh, he's now going to take on the rule of Journeyman, he's got a journeyman record. now, fourteen seventy two, Clark I thought was was working the body pretty well. Showed decent skills. Um, as I say, he was just a, he was a level above Dukar, to be honest with you. Um, I know it was for some for uh, some vacant IBF title, some sort. So we'll get him in the picture at, at some some point for Opataya. But um, let's be real, you know, I think Opataya would would potentially uh, we'd, we'd probably beat Clark, to be fair. Um, plus, he's only, what, 7-0 and at this point, or 6-0, whatever he is. Um, same time, he's up in age, isn't he? So, I um, don't know if Eddie would just throw him in there, sink or swim time, you know? 6-0, 33-year-old. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, you're, you're picking up these IBF trinket belts to try and get him in you know, position for a world title. Um, hasn't he fought for a British? Um, I don't even think he's even fought for an area-level Title for example, either so you know it'd be a good thing actually you know fight a uh, title championship level and that do the ten and twelve rounds and you know making the weight you know builds good habits but it's all about
2: getting in, in the position for world titles I, I suppose. Steve, uh, did what did you catch that undercard? And if so, give us a rundown.
0: Um, no, I'm feeling a bit rundown just listening about it. Uh, to be honest with you, the Clark Do Car fight was on at the same time as Valin. Gassiev. So I was flicking back and forward, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Dukar. I've heard of him before, actually. I'm just looking at his record now. Who has he fought? I thought he was a complete he fought jobber. Jordan. I think he
3: fought, he fought in the UK. I think he, he, he fought yeah. Thompson. Nah, it was about a close fight.
0: Mike Perez, oddly enough. That was the fight I was remember. And he fought Perez out in Dubai. Oh, yeah. He's fought Chris Billum-Smith as well. Uh, Kevin Lorena. Yeah, he, he seems durable enough, actually. He's not one of these guys who comes over and just falls over. He's only been stopped once. Uh, who stopped him? Let's have a look. Oh, that was the Perez fight indeed, yeah. So he's not hes not the worst, but when I seen that undercard, it's just like, nah, man. Rhianne and Dixon, I saw a ring walking. That was all I saw of that. Uh, I watched uh, at the end of the Scotney fight, I flicked it over when they were just about to read the scorecards out, and then they said, oh, uh, Laura Soledad Griffith looks happy just to have gone the distance, and I just turned over. That's enough for me. I'm not going to be interested in that one. Uh, Shannon Ryan, no, I, I didn't i did not matter. I'm just wasting your time. I didn't see any of
2: yeah. Rough time. I, I was watching football uh, during the, uh, well, American Ooh. football prior. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, during that, we've got tough decisions that need to be made on Saturdays, but anyhow, anyhow, uh, that, uh, I did catch that, uh, the, the uh, fight between Voling and Gassiev again was able to uh, catch it, uh, uh, after I kind of dozed off trying to watch the Clark fight along with that at the same time. And God love Otto. He didn't want to be the come forward guy on this one. But uh, he, Andy didn't have to. He just kept putting that jab out there. Yeah. Uh, out working Gassiev. Uh, hurt him, I think, in the sixth round uh, at one point. Uh, Gassiev might have pulled two or three rounds out of there, but the, the fact that I believe this was a split decision... Oh. Uh, I told you guys, I thought yeah, that, that thought that Wallen was going to get robbed, and they, they damn well tried. They They, damn fucking, well tried. they
3: absolutely tried, me. I mean, not only did the judges who actually gave it to, to, to Wallen, quite rightly, but they had it far too close. 115-113, twice. And then the other judge who had it for uh, for 117-110. I mean, talk about... Try you know why why make it so obvious that you're bent? Why why make it so fucking mean? Anybody who watched that fight could see for the first six seven rounds it was all auto Wallen, man. It was just, it was um and you mentioned he uh, he hurt uh, Gaziev, dipped his legs, he had them backing off. I think it was a right hook actually, I hurt him with. um and he he was picking him apart. You know every time Gaziev tried to kind of jump in, he would he would catch him with a jab, he would spin off to the side. What what was uh during the back half of the fight, especially maybe the last four, four-ish rounds, obviously Wallen's maybe tiring a little bit, and Gaziev's getting more into distance, and he's getting you know some more punches home, and he's getting some more combinations and that, but for the first six, seven rounds, he wasn't getting jack shit off, and certainly if he was getting anything off, it was like one or two punches here or there. Wallin was, was was schooling him for the you know, for, for the best half of that fight. Um, certainly like a 116, 117 type of scorecard for Otto Wallen, in my opinion. Um, but, my fucking God, they, did they fucking try to hose him, by the way. Because, um, as I've seen some of the boys on Twitter now, I, I, I thought, considering how, how the first six, seven rounds of that fight was going, it was going to be preposterous to try and rob him at that point. It was so clear he was winning the fight. And, as I say, what uh, Gaziev saying, like, he's coming on a little bit down the back half, and then you're think so, right, okay, wait a minute here. This just takes one of those judges to look at some of those earlier rounds and give him to fucking Gazaev and was something cooked up. But, 117-110 to how the fuck that judge only found what three three rounds to 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 Wallen? I mean, does does it does it does he know watch technical fighters does he does know like, like uh, scoring fighters who kind of fight on the back foot and jab and move and all that type of stuff? Does he know watching it's Actually, like say it's hit and don't be hit. My God, man, what a way to try and fuck a dude over. But I'm glad he won it. To be fair, because I don't think you know Gazev's been treading water for since the music fight. He hasn't. He's been fighting trash. He's been used to people he touches once to fall over, some of the kind of comeback fights since music and that have been quite suspect in that as well. And uh, certainly, as I say, he looked absolutely all at sea until Wallin maybe showed a couple of signs of fatigue in that in the kind of the, the, the later half of the fight. But
2: Wallin's yeah, yeah. a big boy. I mean, he's he's not he's like and he keeps a good pace going. He's not fat. He's just he's just like kind of like thick, broadly built. I mean, he's you know you, you take him out, you're Aye. you're taking out a big boy. I mean, he's uh, he, he, he he kept a good pace going in that as
3: well. To be fair, in that as well, you his toes. He was moving a fair bit in that as well, using every inch of the ring. And uh, as you say, you know, big dude. Thank you. I don't know what weight he was. He, he must have been weighing 240, 250 anyway. And Gazev, he's you know he but he's probably, he's peaking that, he's probably like 2.30 to, to be honest with you, so but yeah, definitely Wallen won that fight, and a split decision victory is just, uh, when you look back at that in a few years' time, oh, he's only got a split decision victory that doesn't even tell the fucking full story, mate he, in my opinion bossed that fight for, for the majority, until maybe the, uh, the later half, where it's uh, it's got a wee, bit, kind of a wee bit more heavier weather than that but, for me, he got uh, Wallen won that fight, easily
2: yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of thought that uh, Voline probably had uh, about uh, seven in the bank. They're probably about three swing rounds and two for Gassiev. So, you know, like 115-113 was about as close as I thought you could have reasonably come on that one. Uh, Rob Kelly is joining us. We'll get to Rob in just a second. Steve, why don't we wrap on your gassiev uh, uh, Voling, uh commentary?
0: Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. The biggest struggle was finding a stream, I think, and then an even bigger struggle trying to get it to hold off. I think the last few seconds it disappeared, and then we didn't see the scores, and we were starting to worry that there was going to be a bit of home cooking going on.
3: It was a home cooking
0: going on. <laughs> I know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but it wasn't that easy on the eye. I must admit, for long stretches, it was a fairly uneventful fight. Gassiev, was just, he's fairly clueless, isn't it? Closing the distance for, for such a high level fighter. He was the beast of the cruiserweight division at one point. We know we joke he's been perennially twenty-seven. Whether he can come again, I don't know. He's been so inactive. It must be a southpaw thing. That Lebedev gave him trouble. I think it was a split decision. Usyk absolutely led him in merry dance. Valin as well. Then on Saturday night, give him trouble. He looked small and lean. Andy mentioned about the weight. Apparently, he came in at two fifteen last night, and he was two thirty-eight when he weighed in against wow. big pud in Mike Balagun. So that's 10, 20, 23 pounds lighter. I, th- I thought that he looked slim, here. yeah. I thought he looked really slim, very, very, very slim for heavyweight. and it definitely paid. Yeah, so he'd really shed about 20, 23, 24 pounds since he beat that other guy. But Valin's main jab was his weapon. Not everything he was throwing was actually landing, but he was just able to throw a couple of jabs. And then as Gassiev came into range, he threw the right hook just to spin him and then just disappeared off behind him and escaped. And just time and time again, Gassiev just couldn't, wasn't able to deal with this until Valin started to tire a little bit. It wasn't a great technical fight. I think Gassiev, to be honest, just what you see, he's pretty limited technically. I don't think he's ever going to impact the upper levels of the heavyweight class. He's not this beast that everyone's made him out to be. And as for Valin, I don't know, it's hard to know. He had to take this fight. You'd imagine he'd get pushed up in the rankings. I think it was IBF, wasn't it? We were Hergovich, you been waiting for an IBF shot for about three years. So, Uh, You can see Valin never getting a shot ever. What's he going to do in the meantime? Have to go out to fight another eliminator or keep on fighting six-rounders when he's under-motivated? The heavyweight division is a bit of a mess at the moment. People just waiting years and years and years. You can see Hergovic fighting Valin at some point for some kind of interim belt. I don't know how they can sort the mess. That's a
2: decent fight.
0: No, that would be be okay. But then they'd say, well, why should... Hergovic could could say, well, why why would I fight a dangerous guy like that? I've been waiting in line for ages.
2: I'd kind of like to see... uh... Valen fight uh, Bacoli. I think that would be an interesting fight. It would be.
0: But then, they're all. see, the problem is they're all sitting on rankings, aren't they? And they're all saying, oh, I'm not going to take a chance. But then Valen did come out to fight Garcia. Yeah. Bacoli went out to fight Yoko. Who would put it on? Who'd promote that?
2: But I, the thing is, like, but you also have to earn a living, Steve. We forget about that. And that that sitting on a ranking only goes so far. You have to still yeah. earn a living. I know,
0: but from a promoter's point of view, who's going to say, right? I'm going to put down so many hundred thousand or so many tens of thousands or whatever for Valin to fight Martin Bacoli. You know, it just, why would anybody do that? I don't know. Tell me in the chat. Why would they? <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the, give me, the give, <laughs> me,
2: show me a graph of how and where this fight makes money. <laughs> I need statistics. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know about that. Voline is definitely kind of in a dead, in a, like a no man's land. He's a good fighter and uh, high risk, low reward, right? Got to, just got to keep working your way up the rankings and make it happen. Um, always working his way up the rankings. What rankings? I don't know. The sport, I probably don't even understand. Join us today, Rob Kelly. Rob, how have you been? Haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, sir. Hello? And now I can't yeah. understand. I don't, you know. I don't know
1: if you're going to be able to hear me shortly, and I'll jump back on. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back on soon. I'll be home soon. I'll be back
2: on. Okay. <laughs> well, that was brief. <laughs> oh, man. Steve, I don't think they know how hard it is to host this thing. Like, at, at a moment like this how do you keep up any sort of continuity like what, what, you know like what, what do you do there, there is no seamless no such thing no such thing let's see here <sighs> a comment or we got a let's see Colonel Bob Sheridan uh yep yeah. oh yeah remembering that yeah Bob Sheridan has passed away I thought that was something more specific the colonel who uh, was on the call the night that Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, uh, the man who, using his Corvette, took out and killed eight motorcyclists outside of Victorville, California, uh, passed away uh, early, uh, late last week. Uh, definitely a legend in the boxing game and a character to boot. Um, Andy, uh, any thoughts on the colonel? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously they kind of you know, remember that recent broadcast,
3: maybe last year, where Malik Nagy, Naji. Um, don't know if the old man was pissed at the time or whatever. That, but uh As you mentioned, those those uh, those motorcyclists that they'll, they'll be having a party that he's that he's passed on. But yeah, look, he's one of the legends, and that. I mean, they don't have like a heart attack or whatever, and they checked himself at the hospital that same day, and went away and done his job as an as an announcer or something like that. I can't remember what fight it was, to be fair, but he was there during like, the golden years, wouldn't he? He covered everybody Leonard, Hagler, Duran, Ali. I think he might have even been in Africa the, the time that uh, Ali beat Foreman. Um, who else? You know, Four Kings, Hearns, as I mentioned, possibly in that as well. I think he mean, Steve did the uh, punches for the pass for those Sanchez against Gomez. He was on the he was on the, the, the broadcast that night. Um, but as I mentioned, I think he even did the. Uh, um, the rematch between Tyson and Holyfield, I think that was the fight that he had the heart attack apparently as well. So, um, yeah, it's he's uh, had a good inning 79-year-old or whatever it was. So, uh, fair play RIP to
2: the Colonel. Yeah, it's a uh, rough, uh, rough time for his family, but heck, he got into his late 70s. Not a bad life, not a bad life. Uh, whatsoever especially when you have those uh, kind of experiences so uh yeah god bless the family uh wish you all the best uh and uh yeah um you know uh, hopefully they let, let you uh, drive the corvette in the afterlife there colonel <laughs> maybe not after what you did but we shall see um but uh anyhow let's see here if we had anything else do we have any questions or anything did not have any questions um let's see here so, didn't get a chance to talk about it, right? Uh, a little bit, uh, but it, it's interesting, Andy. If you th- let, us just say that Charlo uh, basically doesn't fight for a while, and the belts fracture for whatever reason. you're talking about and, and, and yeah, and then Crawford moves up and and you know has you know fights Canelo or does some crazy shit like that, leaving one forty seven fractured. What are some fights that you would like to see? uh out of that out of the makes considering there'll be really four vacant belts going on and if, if you, you go ahead and use your imagination for a moment and I'll pull up some rankings. Mm-hmm. Um well obviously I mean we've already mentioned two of the names Stanley on
3: some boots that's the fight you want to see uh, or f- you know when you want to see those guys active um Virgil Ortiz I don't know what's happening I mean you'd be as well just writing that tear off at this point. I just I just do not know what's happening with that guy whatsoever He's just unreliable. Um you Josh Teller now up at one forty seven. It would be interesting to see how he cops actually because obviously he's losing a lot of his advantages coming up and waiting that as well. He's gonna be fighting the guys roughly about the same size. Um and there's question marks now whether he's, he's he's seen better days than that as well. He's had a kind of long a long career. Fifty-four. Obviously, you've got Lubin there last night and that as well. I'm still kind of like going through that fight at the minute. Uh, Tim Zoo, we mentioned him, he's going been made up to interim WBO champ. Uh, You've got Xander Zayas, I just pulled up the sixty eight the the fifty four rankings here. You've got Xander Zeus. Um you got Takashi Inui uh, in there as well. Um, Kurbanov, <laughs> Madrimov. um Fandora's been checked, hasn't he? Um yeah, in terms of potential fights, there's nothing really kind of sticking out there for me. I mean, obviously say depending on what Charlo does i suppose
2: josh kelly ranked at number one there as well i mean well so what's going on with the mendoza zoo fight Uh, with because mendoza is like an interim wbc champion and and then zoo is the interim wbo champion he's actually now been elevated he's the full so is that a unification no, I think for what I can see on
3: Box Right, mate, that was just put down as a WBO World Title fight. Uh, that happens next. I
2: think it happens in the fortnight, three weeks time. I think it is in Australia.
3: Yeah, Mendoza yep.
2: fight. Yep. So interesting. So on that. So I think basically, so Tim Zoo is the champion right there. So you so you could kind of go from there and. Um, kind of going through looking at the rankings right there uh based on you know uh who is pbc i guess you could see zoo defending against ramos um that, that's a possible fight um the ibf god have you ever seen bakram murtazalia fight i'm trying to think if i have <laughs> Andy, i don't like know the know.
0: name actually oh, i yeah. i can't remember against either
2: welcome back steve you 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 Rob disappeared within 20 seconds. He really left me hanging there. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrible timing. It all just it all went. Oh, you to gotta go You got to go, Matty. I'm telling you. Um. So, so you know, you have him at one, Colkay at two, uh, Jesus Ramos at three on that one. So I don't know about that one. Jack Colkay back in the mix at 54, <sighs> eh? Fucking hell. That just hell tells
0: you all you need to know that, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Who's so, Mur- Who's yeah. Murtazalia fighting under? Um, I'm sure it's a PBC. I'm thinking. You I must I'm going
0: to pull up remember.
3: his details if I can get
0: them. What is it? Sue's fighting Mendoza, isn't he, on the 14th of October, I think?
2: Yeah, we, we already mentioned that.
0: Okay, sorry. um, um So I, and Mendoza uh, has a title, and Sue, I, haven't they both got interim titles? Is that like a unification? <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, right. Zoo has been elevated. He's officially WBO. Oh, I right. have okay. the same wonder about Mendoza's WBC. I have no idea.
3: Aye, so that mm-hmm. Mutazali mate, he's definitely mixed in with the Showtime crowd, and that I see here with the last couple of fights, he's been he's been on the Showtime Samson, uh, Wicawich, and that. He's twenty-one and all fifteen knockouts. But here's 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 the rub: he's only been in one sanctioned twelve rounder over those twenty fights, and he went to distance with a guy called Jorge for two. Twenty-one and one. I, I don't recognise anybody. This guy's fought. To be fair, I, I don't even recall seeing any of his pool fights. Maybe I have, but
0: Charlie will drop them belts.
3: I, I think. I think I, I've maybe know this name through, through the amateurs, possibly, but I've no, I've no seen them Charles will drop
0: think. them belts. I think they'll put Lubin in with Tim Sue at some point. I think that's what they'll do.
3: Oof. I'm just watching Lubin getting tagged up against the ropes here by Ramos in the 7th round team. he's getting man-handled man, he's getting mm. forearmed and everything all over the ring, what would zoo do to him?
0: I know, they'd fancy that though because Lubin, they're happy to put him in aren't they now, they probably expected Ramos to beat him and they're happy enough, I think they would put Lubin right. in with you
2: I'll, I'll tell you the fight I like looking at this I, I, Madrimov against Kribunov I like that fight uh, Marjamoff. I'm not too
3: high on mate. ban off he's got his he's got his limits and that as well. But yeah, I take your point. There's no, it's no an elite fight. It's a trade fight. That one. It's a fun fight.
0: James Metcalf is highly ranked with the WBA, and you've got Austin Trout at number seven. What? <laughs> and Vito Melnicki <laughs> at number nine. My That's... God.
3: Oh my God. When was the last time your man fought there? Trout. Aye. Did he yeah. go fight like a like bare knuckle
0: Yeah, something like he was up for Bell You the week here because he'd done an interview with his top off. There you are. <laughs> He's not looking in great shape, is he?
2: Just hanging around with his shirt off, just chilling. As you do. I uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, so a, a fight. I'm kind of looking at maybe what I might see happening here. I think Mendoza, basically, with that fight with Zoo, if it's not a unification, it's going to be a, a vacating the belt. So I could see Conwell against Spence. They already have Spence ranked number three for the yeah. WBC. Conwell against Spence. I could see them making that one.
0: Conwell's a good fighter. I don't know why nobody signed him up.
2: See that Tewey t- t- Karim. I'm sure. Is that not a tie fighter? Did yeah. Did George will
3: bash him up at 140? Mm
0: not sure. I remember he fought somebody. He he fought some tie
3: fighters for
0: IBF mandatory, I'm sure. Didn't Tera Karam fight fight somebody? He fought Lucas
2: Matisse. Yeah, on
0: the Mercito Gesta Jorge Linares card.
2: Yeah, he was a big dude. I think he I mean, was like that's 147. Right, that's I'm and that's, that's how uh, Lucas got his interim 147 belt that he. Well, left. Let's check. That. If, if uh, I've got, I've got. man. he's got, he's got 50
3: wins and one defeat, and that one defeat came to Matisse back in 2018. He has fought fucking nobody, and he's somehow ranked in the top 10 of the IBF. Man, that's just trash.
0: It was. It was on the Lenares guest card in 2018. I need to be sectioned for that. For knowing that. It's amazing that, that between That's us, you're that, you are able to
2: put that together. T-1 I mean, T-1. Wait, I might know that. I'm gonna hand
0: myself in.
3: <laughs> the records. The, the the record of his last five opponents was three and 5 and a debutant, five one and a five and one and a seventeen five and one, and he as I say, he's, he's he's fucking ranked the top ten of that of uh, the WBA
2: here's a fucked up one for you. So the IBF has 11 Takeshi Inouye, uh 12 Bakery Samaki, and then 13 not rated, 14 not rated, 15 Austin Trout. Like, if you're not going to at least put him up to 13, why even fucking have him there? There's nobody else there. The Sam Egginton. Sam Egginton number spots. I swear to God. Is that what you have on yours?
3: Yeah, well, one boxing seems... Um... Uh, rankings, mate. So I don't know how up to date they are, but you know, they've got Sim Zoo here as uh, interim champ. So
0: I tell you, one to look out for, Andy, that he's he's ranked in number eight by the WBC. He's Telez, so, uh, yeah, he's the handy. I mean, Cuban... battered was it Garcia he battered in the last fight? I think Sergio Garcia. Yeah, uh, I think moving.
2: you're right, mate. Oh uh, yeah, he's, he's that, uh, Yeah, he was the one on the uh, the undercard of uh, Terence Crawford. He was like yeah. five and zero and went there and yeah. like, goddamn, they're moving.
3: This guy. Sergio Garcia. I think uh, yeah. Gar- Garcia was like he was no ex-European champion or something yep, like that. That's right.
0: Like solid fight. Yep, solid fight at uh, the distance with Fundora and that Tellez battered him like him and yeah. Xander Zayas is another one to watch. He's ranked highly. Number two by the WBO, although they wouldn't make that because of cross-promotional issue.
3: That, that Garcia
2: had been in with Fandora and Tony Harrison and that yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. Can you yeah. imagine Josh Kelly against Sandra Zayas? Freak oh. sake, I don't
0: know. I Josh mean, Kelly. Oh, Josh Kelly. Yeah. That's yeah,
3: nice. he's he's ranked quite high, but it'll be interesting to see if um, you know when the Mantra gets called actually, because obviously Charles has been holding those belts, horses for a fair bit. The Mantri's will be stacking up. So, I'd imagine Zoo might have a quick turnaround here after the Mendoza fight if he wins, of course. But you would think as well, maybe maybe Mendoza would lose his WBC interim title because he's fighting for WBO as well. Because you know how they then like
2: to fucking mix, yeah. his, mix and match his belts and that. Eh?
0: I should unify them, man. Huh?
2: So, anyhow, that was uh, 154, and we sure broke new ground there with that discussion let's go to 147 uh, assuming terrence crawford vacates here uh right now let's let's say that that amanistan yonas will get elevated to full champion we're going to take virgil ortiz out of the fold that guy is not making 147 again quit putting you know having people in there that's ridiculous um so one looking at one interesting thing there i think might happen uh these rankings will obviously change Ugas out at number two, uh, in the uh, WBC rankings. Berrios was at four. That will move him up. Currently one is Cody Crowley. So well, the fight we actually might see Mr. Wellington might be Cody Crowley against Mario Berrios, which I think is a, is an interesting fight. Actually. Um, Berrios kind of, or excuse me, Crowley kind of just sneaking his way up the rankings there. Um, and, uh, after his fight with the other, uh, Ramos brother, um, not too sure about his level. Um, I think that could be a good action fight. Crowley does go there to swing.
0: Crowley against Barrios. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Crowley's overdue a shot, isn't he? Wasn't he highly ranked with the IBF at one point? Oh, he is. his number three vacant. See, so he might hold off for a vacant shot. Him against Esserman, they were talking about that, weren't they, for the vacant IBF. I think that might be more. Yeah, reality. but they're like,
2: they like had no interest in bidding on that one. Yeah. or whatever. I, I, I've i heard that that's basically in the twist. So that's why I'm looking at the WBC on that one. Because mm-hmm. he's one there, so he's basically due the shot. Correct? So, yeah. I, And I could see that one because Ugas obviously moving out. Sulemane Sissoko um, right there in behind him. Uh, Josh Taylor at five right now. Sounds like he's going to be getting it on with Catterall sometime next year. Then you have Cavaloskis uh, after that. Uh, Avanation. He's no... So yeah, that's basically junk after that. Uh, then, on the, uh, oh, sorry, then on the WBA side, Stan Yonis, like I said, get Ortiz out of there. Then you have Giosov, Thurman, Butaev, Spence. Obviously, Spence moving out of there up to 154. maestre after that, Crowley also ranked there. Um, I don't know. That one, so I, I guess we could potentially see uh, Andy, uh, Stan Yonis against Keith Thurman. That might not be out of the realm of
3: possibility. Oh, God. Jesus! what a waste of that fucking training camp for Stanny. Honest, that is, man. Thurman,
0: Thurman needs to fuck off, man. He, he yeah, shouldn't um, be getting title shots at anything. Hey,
3: I've met uh. Keith Thurman. Nice guy. I don't give a fuck who you've met, by the way. He doesn't deserve another world. This, this is the fucking problem, by the way. These fucking fighters getting recycled and get other opportunities that. Thurman, people forget, was missing in that MIA for about three years. Like the best part of his prime three years missing because he's away, fucking... Well, now he's
2: been out for like 18 months again.
3: Uh, yeah, exactly. So he's come back, had, had one tune fight and he's talking about world titles and well Keith, one time, third man, you know talk to himself about third person. Fuck off, man. He doesn't even deserve, he doesn't deserve anything. Fuck him off. Jesus Christ.
2: That was really angry. Sick and
3: tired of the things, man, right? Okay. <laughs> Just do it to get these fucking 47 rankings back up here because I'm sick and tired of seeing the same faces getting the same fucking opportunities like Danny Garcia, man. I show like a shite that won't flush. You know, you, Spence, done, 147. Get him the fuck out there as well. Taylor's has been mentioned that. Uh, he's he's It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yugas I mean, washed. Maastri, um, again, the guy's been set back because he got robbed. Butaev would be a hard out for anybody, to be fair. I mean, I like to see Butaev. Listen, see if you want to see Keith Furman fighting him. I want to see him fighting fucking Butaev. Butaev would fucking take him to the fucking shadow realm. Um Stanley would just pump my jab all night wrong and just destroy his face. So um nah, fuck Thurman off man. I ain't interested in seeing any more of his fights. That was a guy who spoke like a fucking future hall of famer and delivered fucking none of it. Um you know, coming through the ranks now, he looked great. You know, I think all right, we've got you know, this, this guy you Matty was bigger on him and that, but let's be real here, man. He hasn't really kind of delivered them no, half his No,
2: fucking. Talk. He he hasn't, but he does have wins over Danny Garcia and Sean Porter.
3: Wow, Danny Garcia, mate, fucking hell.
0: Good wins I mean... at the time, but you're talking five, six years ago and with the yeah, inactivity exactly. and everything. He's making a mockery. Agree. The, he's I making agree. a mockery of the yeah. rankings, Luke.
2: I, well, uh, you remember, can... remember, remember? I'm just reporting from the rankings. I didn't know it was such an emotional topic for you.
3: Remember no, but I just I'm fed up of watching these same fucking fighters all the time, mate, getting opportunities over likes uh I'm just trying to kind of get someone, you know, just Grab someone at the right. I mean, for example, look at Avanessian right? Getting fucking ducked constantly off Josh Kelly, right? And he's good and if he, he finally gets the opportunity, and he gets fucking done, but he'll not get another chance. He'll not get in at the front, the front of the camera and say, "I want to fight," so and so. I want a world title fight, like fucking Keith Furman, like I'm some sort of fucking hot, hot commodity. He's no, he's 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 a fucking part time fighter. He's made his money, and he should just fuck off and leave everybody else to kind of get on. With it. now you've had your career; it was okay. And that was it. You're not going to do anything else. You don't do anything special. And fucking Pacquiao, we'll just we'll just we'll just end it on that. said what Pacquiao done to him? Just basically kind of proves my point. You know, he's done. He's finished. Fuck
0: him off. I think he's it's hard. I think I think the problem is it's hard to invest in guys like Thurman because you think to yourself, oh, he's going to come back after eighteen months and he gets a win or he puts a good performance. Like Barrios, the boys are mentioning about Barrios. There, he beat Barrios, but you can't invest in him because he disappears again for another two years. Then. You know where really? continuity? Oh, let's see him fight so and so now. You don't know where he is. He's like, who knows? He could be promoting somewhere.
3: And he, he he definitely ducked boots because see when the fans were all saying after he came back with that with, uh, with that tune up when it had that right. Okay, he want a a title fight, fight boots in the uh, in the final eliminator. Uh, well, but you got to understand, you know, no, nobody knows who boots is, you know, and, and you know Keith one time Furman is the next world champion. Oh, fuck off, man. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't he want to gee. Gi- the young guys coming up a chance to kind of prove their worth, that, but he's will to fucking take the
2: same opportunities off the young guys coming up think he's fucking entitled. Fuck off. Well, that's interesting. Guys, if you go through these, do you see Jerome Ennis on any of these lists? Jerome the Ennis 147? on... forty-seven. I don't see him ranked anywhere. Um, I'll, just,
3: I'll just check 54 so if he's been dropped in there, but yeah, you're right. He's no... But did uh, they not have title fights fall apart or something like that along those lines. What was it again? I don't know, but fuck, that's weird. Give me a, bit, a minute here, we'll see if I can find anything.
0: Huh, he's on that list there, number two. Yeah, that's the PBC rankings, the, the okay. Telling. No, that's the Box Live or something.
3: It's interesting, I just noticed that myself. there, Matt, he's not on the rankings so, maybe... Yeah. <sighs> That's weird. That is a weird one, actually, because he was—he he held the IBF and was at the interim belt for a, a period. Aye, he
0: beat that via is at number nine there. Oh, he's not ranked because he has the interim IBF. Complicated, this isn't it?
3: Aye, because see, the IBF weren't the ones for creating interim belts for you know most reasons. So, right, well, okay, that wouldn't make sense then if he's if he's not. But still, you know, boxes seen I've got the, the interim champions named, and he's he's no name there, so.
2: Yeah, have, that could be a mistake that yeah, it could that be. It weird. could be. Man, that's there's I mean, there's a fair amount of fights that, that I mean to be made there, and hopefully they make the it's you know something that we like to see. I mean, I see a lot of decent fights out there to to be made. Uh but um I kind of think, yeah, Ro- Rocha against Esaman, that is a good fight. I think that might have been mentioned. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the, if these belts fracture what what happens. Um I, I'm very curious to see what might occur uh, as that uh, goes on. i was kind of hoping Rob would be back here before we move on into uh, previews, but I don't know that we're going to uh, get to, to uh, that opportunity, unfortunately. So uh, I don't know. We shall see. Uh, let's get the old notebook out here and see uh, what we have happening in the world of boxing. I know that uh, there is a pro box card this Wednesday, but honestly on paper, I kind of think other than the main event, it was one of the weakest uh, ones that I've seen uh, up to this point point um, but I, I still think the main event could be interesting uh, Pablo Sarcano, who we've seen in many fights taking on Zachary Ochoa uh, I think last seen uh, losing to Brandon Lee uh, that's gonna be a 140 pound contest uh, like I said uh, maybe they changed some things up but the other fights didn't look too good but the Steve mm-hmm. uh, happily the we're gonna have the return of one of our favorites in two weeks on a pro box card Brandon Glanton so uh not not this week but uh, in a a couple um he kind of got done wrong two times in a row in my opinion but uh that's neither here nor there um but so we got that going on on Wednesday Kano against Ochoa, it could be a good uh, main event there yeah that's
0: not a bad fight that i don't think Uh, Kano okay, fit me he's been going didn't he beat paulie malignaggi a few years ago
2: no he, he lost a split decision to him, right. okay. Him.
0: Okay. he
2: probably should have won that fight you yeah. know uh, I, in, in hindsight i recognize
0: the ochoa name he's turned up on a few top rank cards in recent years so yeah that should be a decent scrap though
2: yep i think so so that'll get you through the midweek and then uh friday from sheffield uh I'm gonna have a, a hard card that's headlined by Reese Mold against Martin McDonough. Uh yeah Reese Mold uh, recently beat Hamed Gaz taking his O earlier this year. Uh McDonough not so is lucky when his defeats coming to Harlem Eubank. Um decent little domestic scrap there, Steve. Do you like that one?
0: Um Yeah, I'm not sure if that's televised or not. Reese Mould, I think he's in the Josh Warrington camp, isn't he? He was being trained by Sean O'Hagan at one point. Um, Yeah, he's a decent little fighter. I don't know about the TV on that one because there's a BT card on the same night as well. So, yeah, good luck to Reese Mould. There used to be a Martin McDonough from Manchester boxed 10, 15 years ago. I don't know if this is any relation to this McDonough, but that's all I have of interest to (laughs) to add to that one.
2: There you go. At least it was something. Also, uh, on Friday, from your call, a uh, mm. decent fight undefeated. Uh, Masood Abdullah uh, taking on Mark Leach, uh, who uh, can pull an upset at any given time. I think if Oz was here, he might be all over this particular fight. Uh, so uh, I see fun. that's for
3: the vacant Commonwealth silver title. by When the fucking Commonwealth titles start getting silver belts and that, man? What <laughs> the fuck? load of crap. A bit yeah. weird, isn't it?
2: Yeah, eat shit. Fucking it's everywhere.
0: I think Leach might win that fight, you know. Leech is a decent fighter. He outboxed that Chris Bork, didn't he? I know he lost to Liam Davis, but I think Liam Davis is going places. And he beat Ashfak as well, Leech. He's, he's a handy enough 12 round fighter. I think Abdullah could be, you know, he'd have his hands full on that one. He beat,
3: you know, beat a Somba as well? He's usually, kind of, you know, yeah. He's yeah. usually, like, you know, good to go, you know, good rounds and
0: that, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All
2: right. Ashfak as well. And uh, then on uh, Saturday, gonna have a card uh, happening from uh, Canada. Gonna have Evelyn Bermudez uh, defending her IBF and WBO belts against Kim Clavel, uh, deciding to take a different route after uh, losing a fight to uh, Jessica Nery Plata. Um, also on that fight, what could be an interesting 147-pound scrap between Sebastian Bouchard and the undefeated uh, Moslem Akdeniz, 18 and 0, coming into that fight. Um, and then, although not necessarily in order of time, this will be Sunday morning for you guys. All uh, Saturday evening for me. Going to have a, a card from Las Vegas on the zone. A couple of interesting fights on there. One I kind of like is Beck the Bully Melikusiev taking on Atlantis Fox who, in his, uh, speaking of Canada, uh, was jacked in his last fight against Eric Bazinian, at least in my opinion, Steve. Uh, and then the headlining fight, uh, both these gentlemen going to cruiserweight, Zerto Ramirez taking on Joe Smith Jr. in a fight I think is going to be a pretty hellacious war. Uh, Steve, not a bad little bit of fare from zone for a Saturday night or maybe a Sunday morning with your coffee.
0: Yes, um, yeah, Delahoya. Looking...
2: Steve, man, what's, what's uh, gonna make you have a shite, mayor? Man,
3: fucking watching Turdo or having <laughs> <drink> a drink of coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I uh, share Matty's enthusiasm, but yeah. it, should, it should be a bit of a award. You'd, you'd expect Ramirez would, would win that fight. I didn't realize about Melikuzev on the undercard. Yeah, the Fox fight, I think he exposed Bazinian, as Matty mentioned. I thought Bazinian probably just about nicked that fight, but on the undercard, actually, there's a few, um prospects. Eric Tudor, I've seen him before. He's an Oscar De La Hoya prospect, one to look out for. Uh, Darius Fulgum as well. I like the look of him in his last fight. He can definitely punch. He's stepping up in class. And Daniel Luna. Oscar's got some decent fighters coming through. Uh, Melikuziev as well. He's on the rebuild after the, the Rosado loss. So there could be some decent undercard action. But as for the main event, I don't know, man. Ramirez is pissed about for so long. And Joe Smith Jr feels like he's been recycled upon recycled upon recycled. It's just a it's an easy main event to make. I can see why they've done it, but I don't know it doesn't really get me going like Andy says on, on a Sunday morning unfortunately. Although it does take a bit more these days to get you going anytime.
2: Andy, are, do you have any hype at all about this fight? Are you excited whatsoever? <laughs> no. Or, no, I scared. mean I, I can remember watching
3: Turdo against Bivol, man. That was enough. I think we all said it at the time bin him off. It's been another career, just just of nothingness, basically, mate, I mean even when he was champ at, at Super Middleweight, it was just crap to watch, there was nothing inspiring whatsoever about him um, I mean, I can remember when he, he fought Arthur Abraham, mate, and he gave okay, it was a 12-0 decision, but that's a washed Arthur Abraham like 50 pro fights deep you know, years past his prime, not even at his best fighting weight, mate, and he still couldn't fucking stop him you know, so uh, yeah, and Joe Smith, I think he was—he did he know retire after the uh, the uh, Beterbiev beatdown? You know, what, what ambitions he got left to be doing this, man? It's just another fucking payday, I suppose, not. Nah, but no, nah, I'm I'm not going to be kind of like getting up the first thing Sunday morning. This will be the first fight I'm watching, unless somebody tells me that it's going to be like, uh, uh, oh, Andy, it was a great fight by the way. You need to watch it, right? Okay, i I'll maybe stick on, but I think I might just watch the highlights. I think, mate.
0: Thomas Newman's big on Joe Smith. I've seen him put it in the chat a couple of times about right. Smith beating Zerdo, but I don't think so, man. I'd fancy Zerdo, to be honest with you, to, to win that fight.
2: I wonder if there's...
3: it be a- great, though, though, to see Smith win it, I suppose, because uh, just, just, just just the enter, though, for good, man, just, like, fuck him off, you know. <laughs> I'm i not against Smith, mind you, so as I say, he's a uh, blue-collar guy, you know what I'm saying, so...
2: Yeah, he seems like a good cat, man. I ain't got no qualms with Joe Smith.
3: Yep.
2: Let's see here. I'm just trying to see if there's some odds up here. Just saying, or, Steve, uh, not
3: anybody. But while you're doing that, just to let the listeners know: Saint Steve. If anybody's interested? There's a German card on next week. You need probably need a VPN on MDR. Um, One of the upcoming super middleweights, uh, uh, Olesius and Glassius, is a Cuban based in Germany, and he's got the IBO super middleweight title. Um, could be a player at 68. Um, Another Southpaw, obviously, in that as well. So it's to see how he develops. Uh, he beat Isaac Chilemba, who beats him as well. So uh, clearly, a guy can fight.
0: I know it wasn't the best version of Isaac Chilemba.
3: Yeah, but who beats him, though, mate, to be fair? You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing
2: anything up there on uh, for odds for Smith and uh, Zerdo yet. I'm gonna get it during the week, though, eh? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of curious about that one, because I do... Yeah, I would have to think that Smith is going to be coming into that one a pretty heavy underdog, but I always got to give him a puncher's I'm chance. I'm not even
3: surprised, actually. I think that'll be maybe more close than what you think, actually. Yeah. Really, it should be, because, uh, I mean, both going up in weight, Zerdo looked absolutely awful against Bevel, and was all what happened to Joe Smith, so I think I think they might be hard to kind of mix. Uh, Max, that one, possibly, mate. Yeah. I, don't know, I have to take a look and uh... who are you fancying. <laughs> exactly, you haven't. You don't
2: even know. What's the point the betting on that shit, man? The va- if you find something of value, if were just like if if you're really like scratching your head, and the odds are just incredibly tilted one way or the other, well, there's value on the fucking underdog at that point in time. Yeah. Anyhow. Back on the call, thank God! Before we get to the last card, always, always just in the nick of time, Rob. I, I, I I'm always impressed. It, you, you must have uh, telekinesis or some crazy shit like that. So
1: why don't you, well, give Lisa? Us- baby, I'm not always here when you call, but I'm always on time. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> So why don't you give us your, your recap of what you saw this week, and then uh, we'll get into the Wood versus Warrington card as a group after that.
1: Well, I'll give you a recap of what I saw this week in the fights. Let's just leave it at that. Um, I I don't know. I like Canelo and Charlo was a big disappointment for me. Like, um, not that I was excited about it in the first place. It's the wrong fucking Charlo. Like he's fighting a guy the wrong size. You know, we expected Canelo to show some signs of regression, not really sure if he was tested enough at all in the fight, where he had to answer any questions at all. We know everything that we know about Canelo is still the same. He cuts off the ring. And he's got extremely fast hands, and he has a great beard. And I thought Canelo for Ciaro was very quiet. I thought in the build-up to this, uncharacteristically, so maybe he wasn't doing a whole lot of barking, and maybe he was bad before he went in. But I expected him to give him. Give a much better account of himself, and at least maybe have the 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 willingness to go and try and firefight with Canelo at certain stages to risk it. Like, you know what I mean? He wasn't going to ever box his way to a decision against Canelo Alvarez, and in a lot of ways, then is this just a bit of a con job? Like, not not want to fucking like you know discredit. I know there's two way categories, but if he's going to go up and fight fights, get like I mean, you had examples of people jumping two way classes, like even with British fighters. Broken and Khan respectively going up against Canelo and Triple G and they went down on their shield like you know what I mean they boxed really well for certain parts of the fight and then they got caught and stopped and devastated or whatever but that was a kind of a it was a mealy mouth performance from Charlo I thought like I mean it's easier said than done as well but I felt like he tasted the power earlier he didn't want to know just went into survival mode I'm not sure how this fight ever made sense made sense as a draw or as a spectacle or as a promotion and i think it's showtime just fucking throwing their hat in it isn't it? <laughs> and pbc like obviously showtime is leaving boxing and that's a poor poor fucking uh, main event like um we haven't learned anything about any of them the only thing i'd say making it interesting and it's interesting only for the point of an event and i'm kind of getting weary just talking about boxing shows that are big events and it's this fucking bud versus canelo thing that won't go away that was talked about on joe rogan now that Charlo's lost um and 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 crawford's made it clear Charlo fought scared he's gonna go in and you know he definitely fight a different way but i just i don't like i think this is a bit of a fucking freak show as well bud versus canelo to be honest with you it's not like a fucking fight i would way rather see the Charlo versus crawford fight um, at 54, and see if he becomes undisputed at 54.
2: But he doesn't well, have all the belts at 154 now. All right, okay, okay, all right. It's
1: fragmented. Okay, okay, okay. He, he,
2: he was, and Bud was laughing it off. He he's chasing history, and that's the thing. Like I, why not chase history if he loses to Canelo at 168? So fucking what? You know, it's a three weight jump. That's huge. And I it's, do tend to think he will try harder than 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 Charlo. Yeah, but it's
1: still going to be is one of the. I mean, it's. I love. I'm the number one Bud Crawford fucking fan. The, I should have a Bud Crawford podcast. I'm uh, the number one fucking Crawford cheerleader, cheerleader, rather, in the sport. But I don't know. It's a bit of a. That's a bit of a freak show to me. I don't know. I but I can see it being made, and that's the fucking funny part about it. I th- I think that fight's probably going to be made. Wouldn't be surprised if some some lads out in Saudi rock up with hundred million or something or two hundred million to put it on. Either like I just wouldn't be surprised with anything these days. It seems to be event driven. Um, chasing the revenue rather than anything to do with the sport. So I'm going off on a bit of a tangent but just to, that's kind of encapsulating my entire feeling about Canelo and Chad was a bit of a fucking dud like.
2: Yeah, it might be. Did, did you catch your uh, boy Otto?
1: Big Otto Volley problem for anyone in the heavyweight division. I yeah, I kind of favoured him to be Gassiev. to be honest with you. I think Gassiev had lost the fucking plot when he started getting tattoos with Jake Paul and all that, didn't he? I don't think there was any way back since then and Otto's a big unit, man, and Joe Gamati's a very good trainer. They seem to have a really good relationship. I, I, I was listening to I was listening to the pod there when I was driving when I tried to, to call in earlier and I heard what you were saying about him, you know, who are possible opponents and fellas have to fight to pay the bills and this is it, and Otto's in that position where he gave Fiori such a hard fight. They wouldn't drain. Or putting him in with Anthony Joshua. You know, they talk about him as a potential Joshua opponent. That'll be the end of the Joshua show. I think while in I'd favour him versus Joshua. Um, He hasn't really got anywhere to go where the, the belts are being held up. So he's just going to have to wait to try and get himself, force himself into a mandatory position, which is not going to be easy. But in the meantime, I think he provides value against anyone in the, in the heavyweights. And he's actually probably one of the better fringe heavyweights as well. And I'd say it will be tough to, to beat him as it, uh, the more he goes on
2: Trying to think of how many uh other than Usyk, how many Southpaws Joshua's faced too? Uh, it was Franklin Noir a uh, uh, Southpaw.
0: Charles uh, Marty, man, uh, the king Martin. of them all. That's, That's right.
3: Charles.
2: Walks <laughs> as uh, like a god,
3: man. You know what I'm saying?
2: No one his title against the southpaw. However, could I have forgotten that show? <laughs> as hard as I might have tried. Um, anyhow, um coming up to the uh the main uh event of this weekend i do believe uh the card at least on y'all's side of the pond that people are going to be most excited about also from sheffield gonna have a big time out there uh can train your dirt drinking over the weekend there folks contain it uh gonna be headlined by lee wood versus josh warrington but let's uh go to the undercard first uh uh, Going to have Terry Harper against Cecilia Bracus, uh, Harper's WBO, B, uh, WBA and the vacant WBO title on the line. Uh, Going to have a battle between undefeated featherweights with Hopi Price taking on Connor Coghill. And then a uh, fight that's pretty close in the books, 165-pound uh, fight between uh, Kieran uh, Conway and uh, Linus Udofia. Um, Steve, what are your thoughts on uh, this
0: undercard? Um. Hmm. Okay. Right. Kieran Conway against Lyona Sadofia. Yep. Yeah, that's a decent enough fight. Oh, Terry Harper. I thought Breakers had retired. I don't know what's going on there. Uh she 42 now, but she's I, I, even
3: though she's 42, I still think she's got enough to beat. Yeah, that's right
0: like, You lose. think she she knows enough and Harper's okay, yeah. but she's not great is she and she yeah, was she's got ice before she, she
3: breakers as well. I mean, I remember being in Norway one Christmas night. She had like she'd been nominated like the sports person of the year for like the fifth year running in Norway. And that first female, I think, to be completely undisputed in boxing. And then the week, the month that she that she done it, guess who, female, guess which female fighter was in front of Ring Magazine? It wasn't it mm-hmm. It was fuck. it wasn't even a boxer, it was fucking Ronda Rousey. <laughs> is this the woman to beat Floyd Mayweather?
0: Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Braykus is in a fourteen. Remember, remember, <laughs>
1: remember that. Remember I didn't remember that. Remember Dana White, like same as I'm telling you right now, she would fuck Floyd Mayweather up. You know she's a
0: woman. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather is fucking undefeated. Floyd Mayweather was undefeated women. against women's <laughs> 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 man. <That's> right. <laughs> <All chance>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Where would you go from that? Uh, Hopi Price, not not that fussed on him. He's he's okay. He's a bit of a feather duster man. He beat that James Beach last time, 12 rounds against Connor Coghill. He's only got one knockout. So, I don't know. I'm at a work due on Saturday evening, so I'm not going to be able to see any of this live. So, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree with me, Matty.
2: <laughs> Ouch! Andy, your thoughts? Sorry, on a card you said, mate? Yeah.
3: Oh nah, mate! It's complete trash. To be fair, (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, Terry Harper. I mean, you know, Canel Alvarez is is a a big fan of her, obviously, and that, mate. But we (laughs) all know it's all about levels in this game, you know. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He went eh? but um, yeah, Nah, mate. It's just just trash. And I I must. I'm leaving over enamoured with the the main event. To be fair, either. it's just it's the typical recycle job by Eddie. Eddie likes to recycle these 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 situations, you know, these these you know, these belts and fights, etc. and that, but yeah. Um no, nah, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be pumped for a one, mate, to be fair, but um nothing at all in that undercard is really gonna like pique my interest either, mate. I, I wouldn't even want even want to illegally stream it, mate. I feel dirty just illegally streaming this fucking card, to be fair. Even Ed.
2: Man, you guys make this job tough. You guys make this job really fucking tough. (laughs) It's just just, just hard to please, you know? I could just use a little bit of enthusiasm from time to time, you know? Thank God Matt Butters throwing tongue and fiber in there. Says, watching Wood, Warrington, and Manchester on October 7th on the Nutter's meetup, we'll have Des providing boxing insight and Ricky G giving cocaine advice. Ricky so, Rick, yeah, Rick G will Rick, Rick,
3: Rick, Rick, be standing bouncer
2: outside the box. that man, right? Hey, you come get a line. Hey, thanks, Matt. We appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> um, I hope you guys have a fantastic time. Uh, don't uh, get arrested. I'm pulling for you. Um, so the main event, Lee Wood against Josh Warrington. We always knew this was the fight Eddie wanted, and Eddie got it. Um, but I do think it could be a, de- a decent fight. Um, Warrington right now is uh, just a little bit better, paying just a little bit better than two to one as the underdog. Um, I don't know, um, Rob. I just uh, I often worry looking at this at, and think, what will Warrington's dirty tactics? Or, or excuse me, how will Warrington's dirty tactics play in this particular matchup? And I don't know. What do you think, Rob?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I like Lee Wood. Like I think he's a good fighter. I can't stand Ben Davison obviously, but I do like Lee Wood. I think he's a nice kid and a good fighter. Good puncher. Um, I think he he showed determination, regaining his, his, um, his crown, thought he was fucking... Sh- he definitely got balls of steel, like he got the head pinged off and by condom for 11 rounds and hung in there, dropped heavily and came back. And I think he's probably the fresher of the two. Um, And I don't know if Warrington's style lends to this, to beating Lee Wood. I don't know if, if he can just pressure him and put him to the ropes uh, for 12 rounds without absorbing something on the way. And I think... I think Wood could stop him late, actually. I'm going to favour I fa- I Lee Wood in this fight. I think he's going to stop Warrington um, probably in the last hour of the fight. Enjoy. And Warrington is... He's a, he's a great kid. Like I, I like Warrington as well. I think he's a great great champion um, he's provided great value for his fan base he fucking comes to fight all the time he leaves it all on the line but he is a fucking 35 <laughs> he fucking uses his head and his elbows and he's a fucking but that's his style you know what I mean so I always feel like that in boxing if someone's fouling you just fouling back like it's, <laughs> it's the way to do it like. but um, yeah I think I think Warren just would probably have maybe too many outings at this stage and mightn't have enough left to beat the fresher wood this night like
2: interesting let's see here let's see here the uh looks like they're thinking it's a distance fight there uh steve for for this one i don't i don't know about that one for sure i i kind of agree with rob but i i always just wonder about you know what are the chances of a technical decision on a head clash yeah and eye and things like that no
0: that's it i think that too carry on sorry Ellie no,
2: doors, please Eddie. Oh yeah. fuck Eddie, right off. Please Ellie doors. Uh, it, would, it would just be a terrible, terrible time. I, I don't know. If this let's just say dirty tactics aside, if a headbutt doesn't end the fight, everything kind of being on the up and up. How do you see this going, Steve? We'll 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 take out all those variables that we'll certainly play and try to call it down the middle.
0: First of all, I'm not even joking, I would not be at all surprised if it, did, if it ended on a head clash or someone getting cut. I probably would, to be honest. You'd think he's a bit taller and avoid it, but Warrington coming up with that head, it would not surprise me at all. Or if they asked to fight with, you know, blood pissing out the side of his eyes for a significant portion of the fight, it would not surprise me. Uh, I think, yeah, if you go into the fight, leave the kids at home, <laughs> it's going to get tasty. They even stoked it up with the promo, didn't they? The two hooligan sides going at it with like the... The, the scarves were in there, Marys. It was like peak 1990s uh, British hooligan scene going on there. So it's going to be an absolute riot. Um, I don't know how Warrington, I'm sure, is it a, vo- a voluntary defence or something? How, I'm not sure the title situation's working because he lost the title, didn't he, to Lopez?
2: Yeah, it's the IVF on the line. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's fine. an easy
0: fight to make. You can see what well, they've made it Um, putting these two together. As I say, it's going to be absolute carnage on the night. Wood's had a bit of a renaissance in his career. We've seen him being beaten in the past uh, by decent enough fighters, but he's come back. The win against Conlon when he was behind was fantastic. I think he did a job on Lara last time, very impressed. Lara was obviously dead at the weight and Warrington just seems to be getting dirtier and dirtier, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Warrington win this, to be honest. I think they're pretty well matched and if Wood can get on the jab and keep him at bay, then he'll have success. But Warrington will find a way in and rough him up and yeah, I, I think the big the bet for me is either Warrington on points or more likely the cut will be involved in some way, whereas Wood might get cut early and then they end up having a technical later on or whatever. But the ref needs to get on top of that straight away because it has become more of a theme. I know we joke, but Warrington putting the head in has become egregious over recent fights. It was a thing early on in his career, but it's become pretty much every fight people are getting cut. And there's a, there's a, and then the, knee, the knees and the elbows as well, you know, it's heads, shoulders, knees and toes going in. All the time on opponents, so hopefully the referee will be tough enough. But I, fan- I fancy Warrington. To be honest, I think I think he'll win this.
2: Warrington for Mister Esteban Wellington. Let's see here, Andy, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I pretty much agree with Steve. Me, I'm, I'm probably kind of going with either we get something shady like the like the head clash and we get cuts and it's forced it to get stopped before. We can get to a decision, for example, like a technical decision. Um but if we do get past that point, I I'dn't be surprised to see Lee would win by stoppage, to be fair. Um It's just a matter to see what you know, what Josh Warrington obviously's got left in that as well. But he's also in terms of he's he's had a long he's had a hard career himself in that and does kind of fight as if he's like this, this big puncher. Um and obviously the the Lara knockout proves in that as well that he can be hurt, and Woods a big puncher. Um, obviously Woods had his own issues, now getting knocked out as well. But I don't see um uh, knocking him out as such. I, I think uh, it might be just be the right time for Wood and that as well to try and get to him. So, um, I would probably say definitely. I, I'm, I'm picking Wood anyway. I wouldn't be surprised to see the knockout. But either way, I think Wood wins. Um, and if it was do do it by knockout, I think it would be late. Like,
2: Interesting on that, yeah. It, you guys are going against the books who think this one's going to be a distance fight. Um, God, I just lean at, at at paying three to one for under ten and a half rounds and Warrington's head being part of the equation. That that's that's a pretty good value bet right there. I just I have a hard time not <laughs> putting a little bit of my winnings on to that potential shit show that always exists with our good friend Josh. Uh, be, it'll be an interesting atmosphere for sure. Um, where, where would the winner go from here, Ed? Steve, I, I kind of tend to think of Warrington wins if we go straight into a rematch.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I have no idea. The cuts could cause a, a rematch more than anything. I was going to say, who are you going for, Matty? What, what's your prediction?
2: I like Leewood on points.
0: The winner has to fight Kiko Martinez, surely, and then the winner of that has to fight <laughs> Luis Alberto Lopez, and then the winner of that has to fight Kid Galahad. I would say, isn't that isn't that the way it's plotted? It's plotted out, and then Mauricio Lara, sorry, he has to fight Galahad in eliminator to fight the winner of that. Sorry, that, that's the way it has to happen.
2: Yeah, where's Mauricio Lara in all of this? That's a, that's a good point. That's that's a good point. I I I think this will be a good fight. But what do you think? Is is there going to be uh, I think there'll be violence in the crowd as well oh, as in the ring.
0: But they'll be on top of it. That's one thing Eddie's pretty good at. If not stopping it, hiding it. Like with Frank, there's no messing about. You see it on the TV, there's chairs flying, full <laughs> rock. Eddie does tend to hide it, usually behind the curtains of all the empty seats. But yeah, there'll be there'll be some fights. But I'd say the security will probably be on top of it because they're, they're expecting powder keg. It won't be uh, Bo Galotta levels, I wouldn't have thought. I
3: would to laugh at AP's comment in the chat there about Sean Hagen flicking his fag at Wood's perm.
1: Yeah, hope like Michael Jackson filming the Pepsi commercial. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking that. (laughs) Uh, anyhow, well, that uh, that, we have a, a decent week of boxing there, I guess. It's not the greatest, not the worst. Uh, we will have things to watch, so it could be worse. Andy, did I miss anything? What kind of is there any action you're looking forward to? No, mate. I
3: think I mentioned that, that that other card. As I say to you boys, that last night, I mean, I, went, I didn't watch the Sky card, but I don't even even spoke about it actually. Uh, no, 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 I remember about it. But as I say to you guys, that why not watch a fucking free boxing show for wherever on YouTube? Rather than fucking pay a subscription and watch Sky because you just get to the same level it's fucking trash.
0: I saw uh, McInnessey's daughter making a debut. So the a couple the porky, of, apparently. of Yeah, I watched a couple of rounds of that. What, what else was on? Oh that yeah, album? there was
2: Caroline Dubois was on that card too. No, I didn't yeah. watch
0: that. <laughs> that was <laughs> a terrible like main event. That was a terrible main event. That was. Right? Yeah, but as I
3: say, that, I mean, what was the it, main event in that one again? It was Stevie, um, McKenna and fucking... Dubois,
0: wasn't it? it was Dubois, no, McKenna sure Tetley was not... on YouTube.
3: But uh, I'm sure that the thing is, Rob, I'm sure that main event hadn't even was still grown after 11, 11 p.m.
1: And then this was, is the, this is the, the fucking show as well going on at the same time. Why, why are all these fights on in the middle of the fucking night now, like, we, in, when they're in UK shows? Get them on at 10 o'clock, that's the fucking time to have the, the main event on a fucking weekend, like, 11 o'clock, ring walks and all, fuck off with that shit. Like,
3: remember, remember when Ben Shalom first started, man, they were, having, they were having the main event first on the show, like, 8pm, so it was a clash with like anything like the zone or mm. whatever Frank had on at the time or whatever that, but
1: he's probably, I don't he's know... He's washed
3: now as well, wait. to, to sack
1: him off, man, boy, oh, bastard. I. He's a bigger letdown than Gamboa, isn't he, His Ben Shalom. High (laughs) hopes for him, and it just fucking didn't pan out like Freak anyway. Well, I don't know. I've been feeling um, the likes of, you know, Lawrence Acoli and fucking, what's the other guy? Buatzi are about to fucking become household names in Britain now under Ben, Ben Shalom's fucking guidance, so, you know.
0: What's the happened space? to Sky Boxing though, Rob, man? Bean will be turning in his weedy chair it's for
3: like, so sort of. it's, it's a disgrace. It's, it's like, it's, it, you know, i tell you what, Showtime was like the like reminiscent HBO not long ago, right, with how they finished up. That's who Sky is, isn't it? That's who fucking HBO went in. It's same as Sky.
1: Oh, it's, pa- it's pathetic. And the only, it's, the only cons- it's consistently inconsistent. And the, one of the fucking main things to back that up is that Macklin is still there, man. He's still on the fucking get rid of him. What he's, he's bulletproof. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Literally how, is this, how has he survived all the fucking sanction lists and nobody can fly to Ireland. keep me on Sky? fuck's sake. Uh, I don't know. Great bunch of lads.
2: Aren't they all a bunch of fantastic lads? Well, the f- our lads will be in for Sheffield. For fuck's sake. I'm only after like... finding
1: out now Beal got the sack. For if he just needed more time. What the fuck? What? Fucking <laughs> that's sort of ruining me Sunday, be-
0: <laughs> Aye. I, fin- I, I, I
3: finally got my good news this weekend, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we nearly Beans... ended
0: up with you, Mandy. we be grateful, mate.
3: You have no idea the fucking shitstorm users are just fucking. Beans away, on way, way, toast. <laughs> Beans on toast. And
0: in your laptop, Bill. <laughs> See the thing
3: is, mate, he, st- he stays locally to me in that eh? area, and, and I know what he frequents. And I'm like, you bastard, you better get the fuck out of here by this end of this weekend, man. I'm telling you, get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs>
3: Thank God he's fucking gone, man. Just
1: needed a bit of time. I don't know what the fuck a big fuss is.
3: Fucking
2: <laughs> gobshite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Steve. Thankfully, I think that might be all that I have this week.
0: That's okay, Matty. No problem at all. So we onto the Belly all of the right. Week territory. I, I enough, think here? so.
2: I think so, unless anybody had anything pertinent to say.
0: I don't think so. Quite <laughs> 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 well, half to be fair, right? <laughs> Wellington man, he's
1: fucking assassin. Brilliant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, let's get on to Belly of the Week for episode five, four, two. Steve's here. That's me. Andy's here. Rob's here, and Matty's here as well. A few videos to play us in. Uh, people are asking me for cuts all the time. The software that I have is just bollocks now. can't cut anything. So there's a few going to be missing out, unfortunately. We will touch upon them though, including Frank Smith a little bit later on. But first of all, Ooh. brutalmente, honesto, Canelo was told that Teddy Atlas was slagging him off. Yes. He's learned a, a bit of English as old Canelo. <laughs> uh, let's have a listen now. You know about Teddy Atlas saying that you, you are the, old, the
3: most
1: overrated Mexican fighter in history. <laughs> he
2: went mean? on the rant, Teddy Atlas. <laughs> what does that mean?
0: He said you're the most overrated Mexican champion in history. He said that Salvador Sanchez.
1: Más popular, eh, pero
2: sin causa.
0: Ah, uh, fucking crazy, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you think he knows boxing? Fuck.
1: Canelo. <laughs> I love Querelo when he talks in English, Man, right? Fucking British. He's
3: a savage, isn't he? But uh, I clearly didn't know what the word overrated meant, so we needed to get it clarified. I like, I'm fucking crazy.
1: What is it with boxers that they just have fucking non-threatening voices? Like Canelo, if you heard him talking on the phone. As he rang you up and threatened you and you didn't know it was Canelo, like be like, Hey man, be in Mexico, Cabron, you'd be like, suck my dick, Canelo, get off the phone, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, tell you, I, job, what, like, I tell you
3: what though, he had, he had Messi shitting his pants during the World Cup anyway. Fucking hell. <laughs> fucking Canelo must have been on the sauce that night, man. He's fucking abusing Messi. He loves the yeah.
0: drop, doesn't he, Canelo? He loves the drop of the gym Oh, he's trying
3: to proceed to his labours these days, isn't he, mate? Hasn't got that
1: fucking red hair for nothing. <laughs> There's fire in that load, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah,
3: fire under that dress, Right, Get
1: the
0: fuck out of here, man, okay?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: want bare Oh, he loves the swearing, does old Canelo. Uh, Connor Ben, he's a good guy, you know. He's not a cheat. He says, later today I'll be making a donation to the earthquake appeal. A lot of lives lost and many lives turned upside down. God bless the fuck people of Morocco. Yes, a donation announcement on the people's hero. 20 quid. Just do it. I hate exactly. oh I donated to this cause exactly, because it's a
1: cause just fucking do it see the more that's give. what I'm
3: going to do I'm, I'm going to find the first homeless bum in the street I'm going to give him 10 quid and I'm going to post about it on Twitter man i make myself feel good because I'm, I'm a drugs cheat
1: that's like that's like Ryan Deal tweeting oh I just fucking gave the lads 4.99 super chat because they're fucking made a good <laughs> joke you know what I mean Fucking Just do it. We'll,
2: <laughs> we'll put that five five pound super chat to a uh, whole lot better use than most <laughs> charities.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, well, we get about the same return 3%. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite close.
0: Oh, That's quite <laughs> Yeah. They are. Andy will be yeah. giving 10 quid to Beale tomorrow. Oh, like fuck. <laughs> Stop it, Ben Russell. That's enough now. Absolutely. Go, no John. Fox says <laughs> <laughs> the Fucking Honestly, the if
2: bomb. Andy had the choice, his, his choice, if you were going to give to a charity in his name, uh, you know, like give to the uh, Scottish Independence Party, that would make... <laughs> Why would you want to eat to them, mate? I know that you hate they just them.
3: Said, cocaine and fucking drinking
1: it. And they might waste the rest of us. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Big Daddy Bunce has been re- weighing in on the uh, the old Channel 4 racism accusations. He says, are oh, you joking? Did you do any research? Did you use the team? They looked into Brand's behaviour. Comedy! says Bunce, and then Vanderpool reacted. He says, thought Big Daddy Lickarse might delete delete this, and so it proved uh, Steve not really reading the room here, managing to offend BLM and me too in one felt. Did they delete it? Wonder what the Beeb will make of his comments. Yeah. Well, the Beeb will not going to make anything of his comments Fit me. Have you seen some of the comments we play every week? <laughs> no, no one's bringing old Bunsy down. He's Teflon. on. Oh, sure it's well, up to him.
2: To be sure, to be fair, nobody's paying us that kind of money. Bunch of <laughs> a <laughs> lot more. <laughs> <orange>. Bunchy's <of laughs> Teflon J, disney
0: though. Japan. Apparently, Eddie now Andy is doing three shows uh, in oh. Japan. He was announcing during the week um, in association with the Zone, but in the small print, as Dominic Henry pointed out, it says all of the shows will be available live on the Zone, except Asia. <laughs> <laughs> So that'd be good for the
3: Japanese audience. Oh mate, I, I, I don't know, mate. Matty's had his issues with the zone, as as, as you know. E- even me getting a get, getting a copy on a fucking streaming that yesterday, mate. I'm 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 watching the main event. Third round just cuts out on me, and like, up comes a wee fucking bubble thing and saying, "Sorry, uh, transmission has dropped. We'll get back to you as soon as possible." Fucking fight comes back up after like you know, half a minute in the fucking fourth round. You guys fight the same. You've got Donald McRae, esteemed boxing and us getting pissed off as well. Oh, fucking hell, mate! What a shambles. Yeah,
2: oh, oh, there you I, go. I, Honestly, this is that's the kind of non-violent colonialism that I can sink my teeth into.
0: Well, Donald McRae says five oh eight in the morning, and his own lose the stream of Canelo Charlo after two rounds. Hopeless.
3: Fucking <laughs> garbage, man.
0: But yeah, there you go. You you can't get over to Japan or there'll be no fights for you in Japan on the zone. Can you,
3: can you imagine the quality of the card that's going to be in Japan, man?
0: I, I, I don't want to think, to be honest. If will are getting <laughs> Hopi <laughs> Price and Kieran Conway here, who knows what they're going to be putting on? Know. They'll be dragging out all the old Japanese fighters, Andy. Eagle Koya, and Katsunari Ka-Kasushi, Kawashima. Aye. Uh,
3: fucking. will uh, pull on some of the Thai bums and that as well, you
0: know. Injin Chi will be getting bought out of retirement.
3: Aye. Uh, fucking hell. He's brain damage and that <laughs> yeah. they'll they'll definitely be using Thai bums, that's for sure, Andy. We'll even using a hamlet rung wrong or something. I like just fucking m- m- might even want to make it a, a wrestling event or something on like a rung wrong
2: fight. I don't in think you got my joke. That's a shame.
0: Anyway. <laughs> I know you. Oh, Ricky Gravilles jumped in. Manchester Nutter meet-up next week. Hey, another what? reminder. Yeah, keep What's giving us money and we'll keep reminding people. <laughs> <laughs> No, like,
2: literally, watch out, ladies. Be <laughs> yeah. out <of> <laughs> <own>.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. That's Except sort of for of
2: Holly. Fun. She carries mace. No. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to need <laughs> it.
0: That's one less fiver in Ricky's pocket next week. <laughs> Poor gal. The boys,
1: the boys will be listening from now on instead of watching on YouTube, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh dear me Wait, what else have we got yeah the Donald McCreary done that one safe sport for Eddie Eddie Hearn rules out dangerous Joe Joyce fight and tells him to retire Eddie calling for retirement he's looking after the fighters he's doing his best clean sport why does uh, Joe
2: Joyce look like sloth in the Goonies
0: <laughs> 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 hey, <guys. laughs> oh dear uh, uh, I don't know if we touched upon this one last week actually Connor and Chris Algieri was being removed from the DAZN broadcast oh. team was it fair that he got pulled off if that was the case? This is the first time I'm hearing this, I wasn't aware. I believe in karma, and he obviously got what was coming to him.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just put it this way in that someone and you know they don't know who, but someone high up and the uh, Algiers fucking came out and said this actually as well. I think he's handled it professionally in that as well, hasn't he? Kind of like spat a dummy over it and that. But he was he kinda expected it and he knew or he was approached he says, I think he said was you say the the zone. He's not he's, he's not he's not employed by Matchroom, so so obviously someone's had had a chat with the zone and the zone have decided, look, listen, we're going to pull you for the for the broadcast and that. But mm-hmm. apparently it's karma. What a maggot comment, man! For you know for having an opinion like everybody else did eh, to say it, Conor Ben's a cheat, and eh, that's somehow you know deserving that he gets fucking pulled for the karma. Shouldn't even yeah. be fucking fighting in the first place. So. He's cleared, you know.
0: It's karma, absolutely. Uh, Dominic Henry sent this one to me during the week. Dr. Joseph Ajao, haven't heard much from him lately. He's now a THB, THM, THD as well. He said, this is a serious warning to the Gypsy King, Toys and Fury. Do not think you can do a toe-to-toe with Francis and Garnu? I saw it on the realm of the supernatural. (laughs) You out.
3: Steve, you need to bend him off, man. <laughs> no, no,
0: let, him
2: let him finish. This is great.
0: <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, it's... do not come out to face Terrence. You will taste your first defeat after the Olympics. He says, sorry, I saw it in the realm, not on the realm. Technical error, Rob.
1: Listen, we're all about the realm here. Me, me Dr. Joseph, fucking Anthony Crawler. You know what I mean? Let's get beyond the realm. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what are the realms of possibility on another's meetup? There's a lot of realms to discuss.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> Andy, why would I have to sack the doctor off, man?
3: Fucking hell my teeth be on chubby sheet up.
2: It's just fucking entertaining. This is fucking... Great. Some don't... funny
1: that fucking Angano knocks out Fiori after that. We'll just we all go to the Shadow <laughs> Realm with Dr. Joseph to try to fucking find out answers. Uh, be jab,
3: the,
0: the, thing, jab. The, the thing was the thing was that there was a guy on Twitter uh, Joseph Coney he was calling himself and he was pretending for a while that he was like the doctor, that it was a fake account and to be honest with you, see this nonsense that he comes off with, if I hadn't have been on a FaceTime call with the doctor <laughs> and seen him in front of me, I would actually believe that this was a troll account to be honest with you, so uh, Dr.
1: Joseph Ageo DMT
0: DMT <laughs> THC <laughs> <D-M-T-T-H-C, laughs> Um, LSD. CBD. Anthony <laughs> Felder. Oh dear.
2: Yeah, we OMG.
0: The, we love the doctor. Uh, anyway, um this is for Sam Watson for turning up. Here, are, the theme continues, Matty, turning up with the Keith Thurman t shirt for the way in.
1: Holy shit.
0: Giving the people what they want. More Keith Thurman.
2: Fuck you, Andy. Fuck better you. Better chance of
1: fucking showing up at a fucking on a on a fucking t-shirt somewhere than actually turning up for a fucking. Exactly.
2: Exactly, man.
1: Hey, my,
2: my. Andy, no one's your bald ass on a fucking t-shirt. I don't Keith need
3: to. I've got people turn up to listen to me on a podcast weekly, man, and then fucking dropping super chats off. <laughs> yeah, we're international superstars. Exactly. What's See, Keith Thurman, man? He's fucking running for boots Ennis that's what he's doing.
1: He is the he is the epitome. Of everything, him and Danny Garcia, two of them, I hold the two of them, they were the epitome of everything that fucking went wrong after Al Hamid had months yep. uh, paying these guys monster fucking purses because they were once young, hungry, very exciting prospects, and they turned into shit shows after fucking, they went down the big money, like, so, they're fucking, Thurman, man. I swear to God, he's just such a. He was a great talker. He used to fucking get on those fight height clips back in the day, and he'd be telling you how he was going to defuse the Mayweather blueprint and what he was going to do to Manny and all. Then he got the fucking shot against Manny. Shit the fucking bed. <laughs> Shit the bed.
3: Exactly. That's what I was seeing you. That's what I was seeing you before. <laughs> just put Rob in there as well. Spoke a good game. Like Michael Beale and
2: shout the bed when was, it fucking matters. That was a fucking close <laughs> fight, but anyways, he's got a lot so going cool. for him, man. You know, did you know that in a picture of me, him, and Donnie, that he is the second best dr- uh, dressed guy in that picture? That's and the, the one, one, I,
1: one I, I hate, hate the, the least. <laughs> 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 oh
0: dear, we love a bit of Keith Thurman. all love so, that coming.
3: comment. T shirt is
0: closer to the ring than fucking third. <laughs> 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 uh, IFL TV, Eubank Junior versus Ben, Fury versus Yusick, both touted to be on December the 23rd. Which one will you be watching? So there you, are, you have to Make a choice. <laughs> oh, it's
3: a difficult one, like,
0: you know. <laughs> make a choice between the two. Andy, bad news yes. for you, I'm afraid. I yes, hate so. to bring this to you on a Sunday evening, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to break it. Anthony Joshua's proposed heavyweight bout with Deontay Wilder in Saudi oh, Arabia in again, January is off, promoter again. Eddie Hearn says. The fight could still happen. Uh, all hope's not lost. Uh, at a different Alex. location. This,
3: this this will be the Eddie Hearn comment that I've seen during the week when he said, I think he asked a question about about a contract or that he says um, we've got an, we've got an offer from Saudi but no contract. <laughs> fucking hell man has there ever been anybody just cannot get one of these generational fights over the fucking line man time and again he fucking fails to deliver and uncle frank's at the back making big dog moves and he's got his feet up like fucking he's got the uh, the cat has got the cream and he's puffing on a big cuban cigar and eddie's fucking raging well, did you catch eddie's comments today actually if the fight happens. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, good luck to the guys now, you know, well done, Frank, for making the fight happen, and blah de fucking blah No, it's back to being the snidey, Eddie. Uh, if it, if happens, it happens, yeah. If it happens, we'll wait and see if the money gets put up. Like, you, you know, like, we, for example, when the, the welder offer came in to make the 50 million, uh, we, we need to see proof of funds, for example. All that snidey shit that you said in the past. Fucking get it up. You, you and your wee fucking fat pal, Frank Smith, as well, you <laughs> fucking prick.
1: <laughs> it's body-saving again, We're Hate, obviously I hope <laughs> hence something by you. Eddie
3: I know you're listening mate but do me a favour I loved it when you fucking used to batter fucking Frank Smith around about your office with the gloves <laughs> on go there again sick to death of these bastards man
0: yeah someone put on the comments below that Obama was still president when Eddie first said what I'll do next <laughs> fucking George W. Bush was
3: in charge you
0: know H.W. H.W. <laughs> 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 it's,
3: it's, it's,
1: it's true though. Like he's been, because I've been on the pod five years. Like I'm just around the time I started coming on the pod, and he was that whole fucking Shirley Winkle saga was beginning. That's fucking five years ago. He's been promising that the Wilder fight, fucker. Anyway. Probably best for Anthony Joshua anyway that this fight doesn't happen. Let's be serious. Like fucking, what's he going to be like after Wilder gets a Like He's bad enough as it is now. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> is he going to be like after this? Like, so, uh, it hangers, still, is let's see a it. Fight Ludo, eh, man? He's, if he doesn't get that
3: fight. He's, he's he's only plums, mate. He's he's fucking.
1: But can they get Wilder somebody to knock over like in thirty seconds while this is all fucking waiting to play out? Please, like
3: Frank just Sanchez throw... potentially. See I mean, he's
1: not a anybody. Sack. Just fucking get him somebody to fucking mm-hmm. black. What about I've... Zili Zhang versus fucking Deontay Wilder? I'd, I'd watch don't, that. Yeah, don't want to make that risk go. That's, that's high risk.
3: Fucking good, potential though. low reward, yeah. you know.
0: It is. Well, talking of AJ, he's been keeping himself busy <laughs> training with Ben Davison. He's been ticking over <laughs> oh, at the Ben Davison Performance Centre.
1: <laughs> oh, there's, there could be a vacancy there for a, a lad fucking recently fucking relieved of his duties to go in there alongside boxer size Ben fucking fit perfectly into that gym. Oh,
2: my God. Hey, Wellington's Goat, what do you think of this news? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at him with the headband. Look at him.
3: Oh, that was a Mexican. That's when he was
1: with <laughs> Dave Haney. though? Oh dear, yep, that's it. Exits, Exit strategies and fucking. Imagine trying to get out of that fucking place. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exits all over the place. You wouldn't, go, you wouldn't know where you are. Like the, fucking... uh,
2: the
3: thing is,
1: though, the, the, main, the main
3: part of that tweet, the, the, the Ben Davison Performance Center. Come on.
1: Think that you can't just say, like, I have a gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on down to the fucking boxing gym, no, performance fucking... centre.
3: Ricky Burns opened up a gym at the weekend They called it Mighty Ricks. Yeah, that, that used a wee bit of fucking nice, a wee bit of fucking intelligence. So, yeah, man, ben fucking Davison performance centre, fucking hell.
1: Performance centre? What a interpretive dance when you get down there and all that? fucking hell.
0: It's where champions are made, Rob. Unrivaled analysis going on there. Exactly. Taxi rank. My, I see, just kind of call it a gym or
2: anything like that. High
3: Street Gym? No. I'm going to Davidson s-
2: Performance Center. I'm going to start calling my house the Marijuana Institute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like the fucking. You're running in Dodgeball with fucking. You know him? Anyway, forget it. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. The moment's gone. <laughs>
2: that's, a, that, that's a little broad. I know the movie well, but that's a little broad. The fucking
1: that had the gym it was like a fucking high level you know, Globo Gym?
2: Fucking... Globo Gym? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Global Gym Performance Centre. Anyway, onwards, the yeah, data right. wise. Chuck okay, Lee's just
0: that, turned up. Yeah, see that Ben's teller,
2: man. I hope it works out for you. That
3: bench? teller about unfunny bastard. I hate him every time he's got him in that own world. Wankers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, oh, Winston, a bench Used to be the MTK Performance Centre, says Johnny. Of re-branding. course it would be. Of course. <laughs> grand <laughs> opening, grand closing.
3: <laughs> and reopening under the management. <laughs>
1: yeah. BLK Prime Centre. <laughs> What was the other one? They had the, the Kenahans. It's not the Kinahans. Marv Nation. Marv Nation. Disrupt Boxing. What was the one in Beruank called? N.T.K. Then, Pro Bellum. Oh, Pro Bellum
0: was it? That the was disrupt the fucking... Disrupt
1: yeah. was yeah. out Like a robbery, Probellum, wasn't it? Fucking okay, hell. Right.
2: Next we're going to have anti Bellum. <laughs> <laughs>
0: People on uh, Disrupt Boxing contracts, like I've never even signed, I've never even heard of them, I didn't end up on the contract with them.
3: Aye, fucking Jarrell getting cards and that mate because
0: Dana White's been kicking off he said uh, that's exactly the type of response I would expect from that weasel Espinoza that scumbag has absolutely nothing to do with the success of Canelo, Garcia, Crawford Those guys are megastars and they're the ones responsible for driving the gates in their fights. For him to even try and take any credit at all shows you exactly what an arrogant, delusional piece of shit that guy is. For this clown to talk about levels is hilarious. The production of the fights on Showtime is an embarrassment. And I've been saying that forever. He's a little guy with a big yap and he's a complete phony. I'm not at all surprised that is the end for them. It should have come way sooner. Sorry to see you go, weasel. Enjoy your retirement. Jesus, Fuck.
1: I kind of love that about Dana White, that he, that he rants like that as a company uh, owner. You know that way? I kind of fucking day, love that about him. Uh, I mean, Dana, can I get
3: your honest opinion, please? Oh, they fucking I'll give it to you right now. Jesus.
1: But from, from my liking, far too many people have publicly called Stephen Espinosa a weasel at this stage. There has to be something more to it. Like that's, this that's, fucking...
2: I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, Dana White, uh, in all of this uh, glory and his baldness, I mean, he, he's basically like Andy with marketable skills.
1: What <laughs> <laughs> what I would say at this point is all to all boxing fans, enjoy it while it's here because the death of HBO has left a fucking grim landscape and the death yes. of Showtime.
3: But the thing so, is, Rob, that's, leave me. That's, yes. that, that's, that's Al Heyman who burnt money and HBO, Showtime, yep. and Fox have all pulled out of boxing now, man. So he's a common denominator here.
1: They need to get Ben Shalom over to the States to sign this shit out. Fix He'll fucking
2: save some money. (laughs) Any sort in the future, if you're not on the zone, there's just not going to be any fights for
1: you. (laughs) Certainly soon. If you're looking at boxing, you're not going to be watching any fights on TV. That's for fucking certain. What are we going to do
3: on a Sunday night?
0: Talk about VPN fights
3: retire <laughs> I tell you mate we should just keep this until Eddie Heron chucks it and then we can we can we can say we, we fucking last <laughs> finally say we won
1: we won <laughs> resistance won
0: fucking maggot Might have a Sunday nights back who knows exactly. anyway, what would that be like I know <laughs> could you imagine would not he talk to anybody again uh, the rest of my life yeah. mate uh, you took over you took over yeah never had a Sunday night for the last fucking six years mrs goes mad at you every time you come on. <laughs> Real Machiavellian fucking plotsters, like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, take
1: it. Come on, fucking take it back. Come on.
0: Terence Crawford uh, is not too impressed by Charlo last night. Okay, you all, I'm over with twin Charlo. He's no longer on my hit list. He went out there and laid down and let Canelo spank him like he was his daddy. <laughs> we have no time for resistance. <laughs> Woo!
1: good, Crawford, Cook. man.
0: Cook, Cooking gonna-
1: at the moment, is he? What are you going to do about it, Charlo? Nothing.
3: It sa- like well,
1: night. glorious when he said that to him. I think you're next when he, after he fucking drops fence. What a fucking badass, man. Brilliant. Yeah. Good for Bud. Bud is trying to get himself into those Canelo sweepstakes. He's going around with very floral shirts. He's telling everyone he's lifting weights and he's walking around at 180. So, look at it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I don't like it. Like, we fucking. I hope he gets his big, big pot of money before he retires because he's the best in the world. Anyway,
0: 100%. Talking of the best in the world, Matt Butter sent this to me. I'm not sure what the context is, but I said I would put it up anyway. <laughs> 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 <What>? <laughs> fuck off, man. <laughs> is that the gad if he
2: was the character in heavy metal? I don't know what's going on. I wish like a I wish had Pink Floyd
0: cover, actually. Aye. I... Where is Matt? Matt, where are you? He told me he tagged me in on this, and I quickly grabbed it without looking at the content.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a painting on the wall in his house, isn't it? Like the oh, <laughs> that's
2: that's painted in his toilet. It's my uh,
1: spread love, not hate campaign. It's all about spreading love and okay. not hate.
2: All in all, you're just another man, man <laughs> from all schools. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's it is a bit harsh. Uh, Des Dez Boxing was kicking off about Tyson Fury this week. He says I just had enough of him to be honest, and then he put up this video. I can't see why Des has had enough of him to, actually here. Let's let's find it Cool.
2: Hi guys,
0: Tyson Fury here. Got even
2: more amazing news for you guys!
3: We have sold out of protein bars. They are all gone. Every single bar I went in the first day. To get your next lot, sign up to the emails to be in with chance. Boom! I'll take
1: it, your stock but They're all gone. You can't even get any. Get up! Well, that's a fucking lie for a start. <laughs> There's a fucking warehouse full of those fucking bastards somewhere. So,
2: so Big John is uh, traded in the Chinese food for protein bars. Right? <laughs> Fiber.
0: The best thing about it, that right? video was the guy at the beginning, wasn't it? Like, go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream bars. He seem very enthusiastic
1: and genuine about the fuck with those 14 bars. Anyway, you look really excited I, about it.
3: I was fucking. We kind of reminiscing. CM Punk wanting ice cream bars back at the WWE, wasn't it?
0: I don't know. <laughs> you into the wrestling, Andy?
3: Nah, I'm not really, mate.
0: The old WWF days. Yeah, of that was, that the that different.
3: That was different days, mate.
0: Yeah, that was good times back then. When you had
3: the promos where well, the rest of us like, fucking out there, not on coke and that man, just doing these mad fucking promos. You can mm. just fucking eyes popping in the neighborhood days, mate.
0: Your man running was, around with the snake and all uh, that? I was going to say, oh. Jake
3: the Snake, getting the snake to fucking Jake bite from the, the airman. that. remember that. Hey, Jake the Snake cut the best promos. Yeah, he was a bit that, that guy, like.
2: Yeah, before I think it was before, uh maybe it was a match with The Undertaker. They had some absolutely fucking killer ones. I don't know, I'm trying to remember. Those were the good old days.
0: Oh yeah, look at the picture. The lads in the chat have noticed the gad's got a lazy eye. What's going on? Who drew that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, David man. Farmer, it's, it's, David it's, Farmer it's... won by knockout yesterday, by the way. Oh, that was some knockout too, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I was
3: like, Steve, you need to get one of the fucking console specs, mate, with the bi-patch, not straight <laughs> out You know what I'm saying? NHS NHS classes. Classes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) those are the days a couple more for you starting with Anthony Yard uh, getting the banter down on Sky I want
1: to fight in December and then the big fights next year Anthony Yard and then versus Joshua Bwatsi I feel like it needs to happen Um, hopefully he can get the victory so it's a bigger fight or even Dan Aziz even though I know Dan Aziz Dan Aziz is my boy but again business is business
3: God, man, Joshua <laughs> Boat's here. Oh. It's all getting nasty in the studio. Oh, mate, the, the, the thought of that <laughs> is... I'm breathless with anticipation for that fight, like... He's oh, cutting a promo
0: now, Andy, get on
3: oh, it. I get on it, mate. Fuck it, you need to get on the cocaine then, to cut it then properly, <laughs> then, mate. Yeah, dig it!
0: Uh, Thomas Newman says, is <laughs> still staring at me, please change to something more opinion
3: it's <laughs> my
0: life, okay. I'm going to leave that up just to annoy him now. Oh, no, I'm not, actually. I'll put up a better one for you. Here we go. Here he is. Oh, you yeah, just beware. It's none of your business, Andy. Everyone has seen this, I'm sure, by now. <laughs> he had an absolute mare, didn't he, man? None of <laughs> my not, fucking business. It's none business. of your business, right? Unless you're buying pay-per-views or subscribing to The Zone, that's the only time we want to hear from you, okay? Is when you're <laughs> spending money. Apart from that, it's none of your business. We'll do the big boy stuff. You go off and build and work and stuff while well, we do that. It was a terrible look.
3: I tell you what, man, right, I, I see my PCL on there, but you, you could actually tell when he was talking, you could see it in his eyes, man, he's like, I need to try and talk my way, you know, into an ending here, I need to end this fucking thing, because he just didn't know how he fucking handle it, mate. He just went off, and...
1: His t- the thing about it, him it, is, it, is that... It must have he,
3: so much better in his head, mate, before he started speaking.
1: Eddie's a snipe, but at least he has, sometimes he has a bit of weight, and he can, like, he has a bit of pizzazz to pull off some of the shit that he's saying, but this guy has the fucking... <laughs> Charisma. I don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't even know what to say. He just has fucking zero charisma. Like he's just a fucking bland, uh, kind of a wet wipe as new. Like that's he's nice fucking, description. He's, he's,
3: he's, 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 I, I think Frank Warren done him in properly there during his like, settings out interview. Possibly maybe it was IFL and he
1: called him a said, fatso, didn't he? Someone he called him a, a fatso, figure. but the thing is,
3: he says he don't see something along the lines. He see something along the lines of saying it's like is Chris Eubank Junior. No, Frank Smith's brother-in-law, and he didn't even tell him about the field drugs test. Ooh, Frank, you're lobbing grenades on him this week, now. And he, he, <laughs> Salt. and he pulls, and he
1: pulls
3: Fucking, <laughs> ah, he's just a he's just a prick, mate. Simon Jordan had him right now. He's just a fucking t boy, isn't he?
0: the table. Hey, yeah.
3: you, you, you just know Eddie had him in a fucking matchroom uh, HQ and had him fucking battered over at a fucking boardroom table and that, eh? Smash the fuck out of <laughs> Yeah. We need to find the video is with that again. With no, mate, have you ever seen the videos? Mate. The videos of him getting ploughed on oh. the table? <laughs> no, it's... In the boardroom, Eddie's Wait like, to get f- don't fuck out of him with boxing gloves on, mate. Swear to God. That's yes. what you need to do at again. Shut them the fuck up. Or sack okay. him or something
0: like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's doing he's good stuff, he's Frank. Anyway, those are all the ones that I've got. Andy, anything from you that you haven't already thrown in? Uh,
3: Bell, you saying that Jordan Thompson will learn from it and he'll come back stronger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: did he, uh, he didn't say he showed he belonged at that level, did he? didn't get, it? <laughs> he didn't get that far. <laughs> Uh, tough one
3: for Jordan Boxing last night, but he rolled the dice and went in against the best 200-pounder in the world. He will be back, I have no doubt. He will, he has an unbelievable amount of mental resilience, and last night's experience will see him grow and learn. His time will come. Uh, just and Obviously, the judges uh, for in the Otto Allen fight, including the ones that gave the fucking cards to Otto Wallen and Eddie Hearn for saying that they had a, they had a had an offer from Saudi Arabia for weldering against Joshua, but no contract. And then Uncle Frank turns round and just drops a dime. And the one for Derek James and that as well, mate. I mean, another victim of Trainer of the Year. And he's had two massive L's this year. So, well, three, yeah. if you include Frank
0: Martin, I yeah, Derek
3: uh, died uh, that as well. So, yep, one for Derek James as well, mate.
0: Good stuff. Uh, Rob, anything from you, please?
1: Oh, yeah, Ooh. 50 and all. He's a hell of a fighter. You're <laughs> a hell of a fighter. I made smart investments. Uh he had a he had a TMT fighter turning pro on the undercard last night. Um oh, Mouton, some, was it, yeah. that young kid, 19
0: or something
1: like that. Yeah, odd name, Oscar Cobb-Ponder, Carmel, Carmel, Carmel Testosterone, something fucking weird name anyway. So the kid's making his debut, makes an impressive stoppage. Everybody wanna talk about the kid. Floyd turns up at the fucking press conference and has some plant in the audience said, He said, who beat the most world champions you "You did in the quickest time you did and was the most accurate fighter of all time you did and got hit the least and made the most money you did so what you're saying is you're the greatest of all time exactly
0: Uh, (laughs) fucking hell
1: man he pushed the guy just (laughs) let the fucking fight with nobody I don't even know what the kid looks like because the whole fucking boxing world clipped that clip today like that fucker there's no way Somebody said that that wasn't a plant. There's absolutely fucking no way somebody sat in the audience and as that question. He's so insecure, face. isn't he? Like? Oh my God, let it go, man. Jesus Christ, let the kid fight. This is the same as he Tank it Davis, Davis. All over Exactly, he did not with
3: Tank Davis, remember that? You remember Steve, we were talking about it. I bet she was just like fucking Tank talk, man, because mm-hmm. every time he spoke, he came across quite interesting. Yes. Yes. But you go fucking float in the background like a fucking parrot. Well,
1: remember, he's a, he's remember he's a when you great he had a... I'm a better fighter a money team fighter and they got a draw or something and he got in the ring got the microphone afterwards and started saying there was an agenda against Floyd Mayweather and all this shit like he's a fucking no case like and he's a real asshole as well Did you ever see that fucking TikTok or Instagram clip of him where he's like sparring the the YouTube fighter the Misfits fighter like sparring one of these Misfits no. fighters in the, in the Mayweather and he's absolutely beating the living shit out of him And humiliating him at the same time Laughing at him and going ha ha no." Oh I think no. I did see that actually <laughs> Looking at his, Smacking him in the head <laughs> and all to and going see <laughs> that. That's awesome. He's a prick man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking asshole No has no friends <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apart from ones he pays for, <laughs>
1: exactly. This long existence, uh, like uh, the greatest, uh, one of the greatest of all time. But what, like, fucking? You, you need know, to like,
3: like, watch James Tony against Dan, uh, Green Danny Green, by the way. Fucking hell! Oh like, yeah, with the fucking. Dog so that's and... proper
1: spot. Like that's like Messi, fucking going, fucking not making a fucking make a wish kid or something. Like you know what I mean? It's like fucking Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like where <what> do you <laughs> fucking draw <laughs> the line?
0: Oh, good stuff. Thank you, Rob. Uh, nothing from us this week. Matty, anything from you?
2: I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the judges for the Lubin Ramos fight. That was pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But then the Austin pr- Trout t- t- interviewed with his shirt off. <laughs> Obviously, that fucking idiot. I-, I love the guy, but what a, uh, who does that? Anyhow, yeah, that's what I got.
0: There he is. There's Austin enjoying life. Let's go through them then quickly, and we shall make our picks. So we start off with Austin. We had Frank going in on the builders. We had the Gads burning love, not hate, we were watching the Phoenix with his good eye. We had Crawford going in on Charlo. We had Dana White. Might be a spoof, this one, going in on Espinoza, but we'll take it for real anyway for the lols. The Ben Davison Performance Academy. We had Eddie. Unfortunately, the fight between Wilder and Joshua was off. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Um, we also... There was another one from Eddie. I forgot to cut it, actually, regarding Eubank. He was saying something like, you know, people are going to have to make a choice on December the 23rd. They're both massive fights, one of us is maybe going to have to move the fight. It might be us, it might be them. I can't remember. something like that. Where anyway. the fuck's
3: that fight going to be happening, <laughs> by the way? Because it's not happening in the UK. He's got, he's got fucking some front in this fucker, eh? Front in Brighton, man. Jesus,
0: <laughs> fuck. Oh, and we got uh, Sam Watson getting nominated for that one as well. We had The Doctor going off into his astral realms. We had Ben versus Algeria. Eddie looking after fighter safety. Uh, zone. Getting iced as well. Uh, Japan with the three fights, apart from if you're in Japan, you can't watch them. Uh, Big Daddy Bunce and also Connor Ben announcing to everybody that he's making a donation because he's a good guy, you know. He's a good guy. Uh, Canelo going in on Teddy Atlas as well. Anthony Yard cutting his promo and Fury with his bullshit protein bars, which you're going to end up in Poundland in a few weeks. Wonder we'll
3: I wonder if we'll get Eddie coming out tomorrow, Mora Bayways and just I've just been off the phone. to Nigerian Prince Joshua Welder in in Nigeria, mate. In Lagos, it's gonna it's Hartman 2027 that's coming. It's coming. He got an, he an email.
0: He got he's an going. email coming
3: through. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, the problem is Eddie's going to pay him three hundred thousand first, yeah. you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your late relative.
3: <laughs> my dear, rel- thing, no my dear relative <laughs> I'm stranded here. Can you send me something? <laughs>
0: I'm stranded here. There's no fights for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. What oh, you go, for,
3: I'm going to go with Canelo, mate. You fucking slay slayed. The... As I said, I feel like I'm picking on the Eddie every week, man, but hey, I'll go with Canelo.
0: Canelo for him. Mark Stanton says, I'll be in Eddie's garden when he gets it established as another country.
3: Is <laughs> 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 he going to apply for? I hey, turn you. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna apply for a fucking like, I don't know. They got an embassy
2: license or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a micro nation. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, buddy. <laughs> There's a lot
2: of micro going on there.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Canelo for Andy. What about you, Mate?
2: Oh, I think I got to go for the good doctor and his fucking ayahuasca inspired <laughs> rant.
0: <laughs> okay, one for the doctor. Rob, who are you going for this week?
1: Floyd Money Mayweather.
0: Okay, it's going to be a four-way tie. I'm going for Frank Smith and his attack on the builders then. So one for Frank, one for Money Mayweather, one for the Dr. Joseph and one for Canelo as well. Congratulations. The quartet of Belly the Week winners.
1: That's at Mount Rossmore there. It's (laughs) It's <laughs>
3: Steve Ed Steen's, it. Island. Ed
2: Steen's Island. <laughs> 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 uh, that's rough. Fucking savages. Up. A four way draw, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like a couple swap where nobody comes. <laughs>
1: oh, that
0: Congratulations, you lot, for the belly of the week episode winners, episode 542. Uh, just before we get out of here, there were a couple of super chats. Let me just quickly shout out. Matt Butters has thrown in a fiver. Thank you to him. Uh, Richard Graville, MTK Enforcer, has thrown in a fiver as well. And shout out to Chappie, who joined us over at patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum this weekend. And just quickly, Matty, before I pass over to you as well, I don't know if we're going to mention this, but RIP to the Colonel Bob Sheridan. I should have cl- uh, pulled out the clip, shouldn't I? Well, could have pulled out many clips of the Colonel, to be honest, <laughs> off the old drive. But he, he was a character involved in a lot of big fights, and obviously it's sad to see the Colonel uh, pass from this realm onto the next. That
3: Polly seen, we'll never forget.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> I got. That one, What it? age was the Colonel?
3: Seventy-nine,
0: I think.
1: Yeah, I I'm not to complain about them. Like, is...
0: He had a good innings, didn't he, Do it's, it's, it's you want, or is it?
2: It's a conspiracy, Rob. Those bikers got the last laugh.
1: Anyhow, 79 cut down his prime,
2: (laughs) and so much more to give. Um, anyhow, I'd like to thank Steve, Andy, and Rob for hopping on with us today. I'd like to thank everybody in the chat who wandered through, um, and everybody in the Nutters group. Remember, we have a new season of the Boxing Nutters Prediction League starting up, I believe, this week or the next. So, if you join up with the Patreon, get in the uh, Nutters Messenger group, you can get in on that action. Uh, so, uh, if you like won,
0: to... sorry, Matty, do we know who won the, I haven't, Damo. Checked. wasn't Damo was doing well? Wasn't I he? think I'm it
2: might've been Damo
0: captain casual.
2: Yeah. I think he had a perfect week. So I think okay. he, he very well might've done yeah. it. So
0: we'll get jo- Joe can confirm that for us.
2: Yeah. Well, congratulations to Great whoever deep. that person was. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Rob, uh, may- Rob, uh, he just, uh, won't show up. He's afraid of getting uh, beaten into oblivion by oh. these boxing uh, gurus.
1: I'm holding out for the Saudi body. Holding the division up.
2: <laughs> you might be waiting for a long time there, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. It might happen soon at a different
1: venue.
0: I'm Rob's <laughs> going to join the Fight Disciples League. <laughs> That's where the money is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's another league I could lose money in. Oh boy! Um, anyhow, uh, again, thanks to everybody for joining us today in the uh, in the. Uh,
1: Chuck woo with the last comment of the night. Oh man, Bob Sheridan, he's sucking all his legs to the back.
2: Can we get out of here? Anyway, thank you to everybody, and we will see you fine folks next week.
3: We'll never forget.
0: I think that's
3: no we want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch.
1: I've
3: never met a fucking so I can fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole.
2: Rumple fucking stealth skin.
0: But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has filled has failed a test.
2: Seven year age
3: seven year eight i will not fucking smash fuck are you
0: i hope you fucking die
3: be safe i love
2: boxing sounds simple as that sports social podcast network